Everybody, welcome to episode 58 of the NFP Podcast, presented by 3D Entertainment. The NFP Podcast is brought to you by Riverside Dodge, the official truck sponsor and dealership of the show, as well as Hooked Up Enterprises as the official in-arena gear of the NFP Podcast, and of course, Wrangler, the official clothing sponsor of the show. Wrangler, long live cowboys. What's up, everybody? We're back couple weeks off once again but we're back in the game we got lots to talk about it's the nfr it's aggravation there's drama within the nfr we might as well get into it off the hop but before we do we gotta introduce the boys we're back in action scotty baron in beautiful manitoba how you doing buddy well good i'm I'm actually freezing my fucking dick off at the moment but uh it's uh fairly chilly here and yeah we've been been busy just got back from a Awesome hunting trip in northern Saskatchewan, back home in the old stomping grounds of Prince Albert. Had a blast for three days, only one hangover, so that's not bad, not too I bad. would say. Hey, yeah, that's pretty good. I, I would just like to make the note that our guide, Mr. Ryan Byrne, was the only one to get a buck this year. So <laughs> I don't know if that was planned or what the deal was, but it's not all about the hunting. It's all about having some fun, and we did that for sure. So it's been good. Yeah, definitely this that's year awesome. was about the surprise uh, that Ryan. <laughs> Post yeah. everybody up, and of course, the back comes to him, the one that we were looking yeah. for. So, uh, good for him. Jason Davidson yeah. in the back. We heard that as well. Not beautiful Manitoba, but the opposite, the Sin City. He's in Las Vegas, ladies and gentlemen. We got him quickly before he has to go to work. But what's up, Jason? How are we doing? You made her there. All good. All good, man. I'm actually taking some layers off. Sorry, Scott. It's hotter than the inside of a cow here right now compared to Saskatchewan, Manitoba. That's okay. So, uh, so what's going down? What uh, you were in Vegas last week, back to Las Vegas this week, all NFR stuff, or what's uh, what's crapping on your end? Fill us, fill us in, fill the people in. Um, yeah, yeah, we had a Wrangler seventy fifth birthday last week, so uh, we announced a new partnership with the Right Boys for another five years. So I came down for that, and uh, now back this week. Um, you know, do a little agent business for us there, uh, LT. Watch some rodeo. I'm going to go to the hockey game tonight. Our Prince Albert boy, Braden Schneider, and the, and the Blue Coats, the uh, New York Rangers are in town. So I'm going to go watch those guys tonight. And then I'm actually going to bring Chandler Stevenson and Jake Lassition to the rodeo tomorrow to watch the boys compete. So um, they're looking forward to that. And so am I, actually. And then I'm going to watch us win some gold buckles. Nice little cross marketing, one would say. Got, got it all going on. <laughs> got to make hay while the sun shines, they say. Yeah, not bad. Not a bad place to do it either. Las Vegas, Nevada. Obviously, uh, in the rodeo world, we do have a lot of listeners that have nothing to do with, with the rodeo or bull riding in general. But uh, the biggest week or 10 days in rodeo is happening right now. The NFR, um, you know, lots of our 3D athletes are there. You're sitting in the room of. Probably the talk of the town. Well, Rocker Steiner, I think, is probably the talk of the town right now for other reasons. <laughs> yeah. But the talk of the town, the highlight of the NFR, you're sitting with him, Stetson Wright. How, uh, how's he doing? How's he feeling? This is, we're filming this 
right before round uh, seven, I guess that is. So he's already got probably a couple hundred thousand. When I think he's got the all-around title already wrapped up, world championship. Bull riding's pretty much his. Saddle Blanc riding's still working on that, but a big week for him. So uh, Stetson's at you there. Can we get a little sound bite? How's it going, buddy? How's the NFR been for you? Good. How are you, Tanner? Good, buddy. How's things going? We've been watching. It's been looking pretty cool. Uh, how's it been feeling? Everything going the way that you want it to go? Yeah, and and better. Everything's going outstanding. <laughs> yeah. I think he's he's probably made more than us this week. That's for damn sure. Yeah, that's Scott, good. How are you? Good, Stetson. How are you, buddy? Good. Good to see your smiling face every night. <laughs> I like that. I like that. All right, quick question for you, Stetson. The talk of the town, uh, you as well as uh, Rocker Steiner. What's the what's the scenes going on behind the scenes uh, with Rocker and all the sweet stuff that's going on there? You guys, the young guys, just having fun. Is it bothering them all the social media stuff? You as well. Everybody's hard on you guys, and and I think it's just because you're fucking winners and you do what you want. But uh, how do you guys kind of handle all that stuff uh, and just focus on the task at hand? You doing the two events that you're in. Uh, how do you guys just kind of handle all that outside worries and pressure and people talking shit and just do your jobs? Well, I, I just always figure if I was if they wasn't talking shit, I wasn't doing my job. And I love pissing people off. And for anybody that don't like me or don't like to see me win, you can kiss my ass. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I like that. Yeah. Well, just so the audience knows, this wasn't planned. This just happened by accident that we got the five-time, soon-to-be six, seven, or eight-time champion of the world with us today. So this is perfect. I can actually just take the afternoon off. <laughs> no, that's good. One more question for you, though, Stetson. You've already won uh, the all-around title. A pretty good lock on the bull riding title. Not there yet, but uh, it looks pretty promising. Still working on that Saddle Bronx championship. What's the goals for the rest of the week, win everything. What's what's on your mind? What do you want to do? What would be a successful NFR for you when this is done? Uh, to make a million dollars in this single season, and that that's my goal. I think if I do that, then I'll walk out of here with three gold buckles. Not nice. bad. I love it. I love it. Nice. <laughs> okay, well, well all you get all, ready. Sorry, Scott, you go ahead. Yeah, all, all I got to say is uh, like good luck. Not that you uh, you got talent and. We always say talent and a little luck gets you a long ways, but I think talent alone is is going to get you that goal to this week. So awesome, good on you! Thanks, Scott. When, we, when does this go live? Tomorrow? Tomorrow morning. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Well, well he's got uh, what's your bull called tonight? Blackjack. Black magic. Black magic. I just saw some video of that bull. He's uh, well, I don't know who's going to beat him if he stays on. And he's actually got one into his mitt tonight, so that's a change. Um, since round two, right? First round or round first two? Round first round was the last one that spun into his hands. So, hey, hey the other hey, ones, that other way is going pretty good for you. That other way, yeah, yeah it doesn't good. seem to be bothering him at all. <laughs> hey, Stetson, has Jason ever mentioned that he's been in front of the yellow shoots before to you? Has he ever told you that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he says. Uh, you should have come. Uh, with, you should have come with me last week, and you could have got in front of him too, Scott. I know, I know. You know, I had to stay home and fucking freeze my nuts off. That's the way I roll. 
Well, would you look at that? Just a little segment there from the five-time champ. Going to be a few more time champ, as you said, Jason. Um, what else, guys? NFR stories that are that are going on. I kind of brought it up to Stetson there a little while ago. But I think the biggest um, drama that I've found around the NFR, which, fuck me, people are just ridiculous. Hey, like, it's just yeah, they wait for these fuck. few days to bring out everything that they can. Couch jockeys. Oh, it's just ridiculous. But it's fun watching. It's kind of entertaining. Oh, yeah, not. it's entertaining. Yeah. For sure it is. Especially when you're not like in it, you're just like reading along. But um, Rocker Steiner is uh, for our non rodeo people that are listening in. He is uh, well, Kid Rock, like would be his nickname. His dad was Sid Rock, Sid Steiner, world champion. Comes from a long line of the like ultimate cowboy family that have won world championships for generations. Rocker is the newest. He won the Calgary Stampede this year. He's 18 years old. A bareback rider that's as good as anybody in the world Five right point now. Point ride record, ninety-five points on that good Canadian horse, Virgil. Virgil, yeah. So the list goes on and on. Kids a phenom, kids a superstar, but he does not fit the the cowboy mold whatsoever. He's got long hair, wears a bunch of outlandish clothing. He's just a wildcat. Doesn't give a shit what anybody thinks or says, and uh, goes about the game his own way. And uh, the cameras on his face, uh, the one round, and what he says. Uh, he says he's looking at the judges, I think, Jason, right? Or what was going on there? Yeah, he was. Oh, yeah, he was He was making it clear. You read his lips too, huh? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was, what is it? It was, uh, what the fuck do you want from me? And, exactly. Yeah. And, and, but with some aggression, whatever. Like, you know, I'd, obviously the people that. With some attitude. Listen, I would yeah. call it attitude, not aggression. <laughs> with some attitude. Yeah. Well, he, I, I, you know, actually, I would say it. He said it. And he wanted an answer. <laughs> he yeah. wanted an answer. That's yeah. how he said it. Uh, I love it. But yeah, the people that listen to this podcast obviously don't care about <laughs> the F word as it gets thrown around quite a bit on here. But there, that was the big uproar, right? That it was like this kid and he's like a mentor and he's on TV and he's swearing. And all. I was like, it's just fucking ridiculous. They're just trying to throw him under the bus. But uh, what do you think, Scott? Like, I think it's absolutely bonkers i think it's awesome it's funny he's got attitude he's bad cat yeah two two things two words so what he's a he you know what he proves it it'd be different if he was some slouch from buttfuck nowhere that was walking around with with uh you know dressing the way he dresses and whatever that's it's cool man like he at least he can back it up he can nod his head and back it up and i'm sure his attitude is a lot like stetson's is you know what I don't give a shit. Look at me. You know, I'm good at what I'm doing and I'm having fun doing it. And oh my God, is this world got this soft that the word yeah. fuck is <laughs> like it draws this much attention? I want to, yeah. I, I want to kind of go back to another story. When I played for the East Central Hornets, I said <laughs> fuck on the ice one time. And, and I'm telling you, those guys were all over me, but I just went out and got a hat trick that night. As I mean, the goalie. Fuck, I, I was like, as the goalie, I was like, fuck you. So I know that feeling. I've been in that position. <laughs> you know what? Um, the night Rider, was it? Hold on. I got my fact checker right here. The night Rider got the rewrite. He was 10 points lower on one judge, correct? Yeah. 10 points. Oh, How, How can that be? How can that be? That There's got to be accountability. And I've said this before, where the PBR is miles ahead of the the uh, PRCA is the challenge rule on the anything. You know, if, if somebody wants to challenge that spur out rule, mark out rule, they should have that option and they yep. should have to pay a thousand bucks or whatever, because it does take time. 
but with technology today, you can get that replay up in no time, but there is a lot of money and a lot of buckles on the line here in 10 days to let that be a judge's call. So here's my theory on that. If, if that was in place, like you said, if you made it worth like more than a thousand dollars to push that, I guess everybody's scared of production and taking up too much time. But if that's worth 2,500 to push that, that means you're solid in your thinking and that you believe you are getting fucked. Right. So bring it in, bring it in. What are they scared of? Yeah. Hey, you know what? Could you like challenge a score? Like you could challenge this. Yeah. Well, we brought this up actually with, uh, when we had Ryder, Rusty, and Stefan on the pod, was that our first one or number two or three or something? something anyway, yeah. we we did discuss this, and Rusty was he's like, no, you got to keep the markout rule. Personally, I think it's just go away. Yeah, but don't the, don't those guys the markout rule does that? And I guess you could ask the guys sitting in the room with you, but I've always been led to believe, and believe me, I've never dominated a bronc in my life. So or of course, <laughs> but uh, but no, I. No, I didn't. That's one it of the things that it sets you up. Yes, yes, yeah. yes. Does it yeah. not? Is that a fable? Yeah, it does. Stetson, that mark out does that set you up for your ride? Like you need. Yeah, yeah. he's nodding yes. But, okay. Yeah, okay. It sets you up for the ride. You spurred the higher score speed. You be rewarded, and that's not the case. Yeah. Did you get that? Some of kind it. of. Give it the gist. Give us the gist. Well, like spurring horses high in the neck, um, that should be rewarded and it's not being rewarded here this week. Stetson said like, it's, you know, but there's, there's gotta be accountability to any judging. There's gotta be accountability. And, and in the PBR there is, we know that for a fact there's accountability. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Yeah, I witnessed it. Uh 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 Yeah. No, but there's no reason why someone's pencil can't get broke right in the middle of this. Why does it matter? Once the round is done, it's done. You move on to the next round, get a new judge. So here's one for you. So the judges, the performance is done. They go back to their judges dressing room. I wonder amongst themselves if they look at each other and go, holy fuck, I was 10 lower on that side. Like, you know what I, I mean? They, sure they do. Sure they do. I've, I've, I've seen it happen in our sport. So I, why wouldn't it happen in this one? But that's what I mean. Like, they, it should somewhat be able to correct itself. Like, wouldn't you be the guy that'd be like, holy, come on, man, get your shit together. You're 10 points lower on one side. You know, you think it would kind of straighten itself out as the week went on, but as well, you you would think that that wouldn't happen at the fucking NFR, like maybe yeah, right. somewhere somewhere rodeo, maybe you know what are, I mean. Here, here's the name that just come up. Here's a name that just come up, and it hasn't for a couple episodes, and it usually does. <laughs> Stetson just said we need to have a Cody Lambert. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I got I got a quick question on judges. Are they voted in to judge at the NFR, or are they? I'll let you talk to the five time. Will I use? Okay. Um, they're not voted in. That's picked by the head of the judges. Okay. Would Which you like who? it if they were? Well, if if um, the head of the judges held them accountable, then I wouldn't care. Yeah. If it was the right head of the judges, you're saying? Yep. Yeah. I, I really, I really think this. The PRCA needs a Cody Lambert that holds him accountable, and because they get paid regardless, and we don't. Right. Well this put. This is fair. This is fair. 
Stetson, I got a good question for you. I'm a little biased on uh, Zeke Thurston, but his ride on Womanizer, was that not a pretty good fucking ride the other night? Uh, I'm not going to lie to you. I, I did not see it because me and him are back to back to where I'm getting ready. Yeah. But I, I wouldn't doubt that it wasn't a good ride. It was honky cat. I thought he was going to be a fucking yeah. nine, but he was 86. And I don't even think he placed in the round. But I know what you're saying, too, about getting up high in the net because you were spurred over your reign the other night and it didn't get rewarded compared to what you know the other ones are talking about where they don't get as high up in the neck. I mean, I'm and I'm just talking about me, and that's that's not even – I don't even watch every ride, so I don't even know how bad it's really getting. Yeah. Right. And you hear about it lots in the Bronc riding, but is the is it in the other events too? Is there complaints coming? Obviously, the bareback riding, not as much the bull riding because it's more on the bull ride you stay on. But timed events, is there a bunch of shit going on there too? Well, I've heard about a crossfire thing that was a bad call, and yeah, but I, I didn't see it. Like I said, I'm I'm not that. I don't pay attention much. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. You got you got enough of your own shit going on. We're just trying to condemn you to say something. Say something that'll yeah. get us. We might have to. Uh, <laughs> we might have to hold this episode till Saturday afternoon. <laughs> um, one more. Yeah, the Rocker Steiner thing. I think I just think it's hilarious, and we had to bring it up because, um, like I was saying in the rodeo world, that's what everybody's fucking talking about, and he just keeps adding to the fire with it too. I loved it. He had something about all I could be is person. me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. You know what? You know what? Your word, sorry. You know your word, um, hilarious. There's another word that ends with Ellis, and it's ridiculous. It's just ridiculous. What is going on around it? Like, come on, people. I got another get... one. And jealous. Yeah, that's oh, the best. Oh, not bad. Not bad. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Right. That's the thing. And he's showing up and showing out and doing his job. So it's not like he's yeah. just. To putting on a scene and then not following it up, backing it up, wins the, ne- wins the next round out. and is on a mission now. So, and it's good, man. Yep. It's awesome. It's different than we've seen out of everybody. All like these young guys, right? It's yeah. They don't fit the, maybe the exact same mold of a lot of the people that are on Facebook that think what these Cowboys should be or what it's been for a long time. But I mean, there's always like Larry Sandvik. There's been guys over the years that are just different and it sells. It's great for the sport. It brings different people in. They want to watch and want to see me personally. I want to see what he's going to do every night. I fucking love it. I'm watching yeah. it to see what, what rocker says, 100%. you know, or so like it's awesome. 100%. I think yeah. It's and great. don't, and don't get your, don't get me wrong or don't get it wrong. The people that are calling them out on this and maybe, I'll be doing a bit. They're tuning in too. So, oh, you know yeah. what? Right. Oh, good on them. Yeah. Good on them. Yeah. Yeah. This and... Bronc riding has been good watching, man. It's, uh, yep. Yeah. Like, talk about um, drama. Like, last night, Lefty just removed himself from the equation a little bit. No, not removed himself, but definitely took a, took one on the chin, you know? Missing the How far is the hay boy out now? Has he got an outside chance? I would say so. I'd say yeah, if he goes round, goes at those rounds, yeah. Which one is it, Logan? Logan. Logan. Yeah, yeah Logan. Yeah. Yeah. This is two his round first wins final. in a row. Logan. Yeah. yeah. Two yeah, round wins in a row. And the same okay. thing, world record guy, too, world record holder. Well, I'll, 3D, I'll be... 3D better bring a bronc riding title home between Zeke and the five-time here, soon to be seven or eight. Better yep. fucking yep. bring it home. Yeah, fucking right. Yeah. He said he will. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>
Scott then we will celebrate Central. in Vegas on a Saturday night. The last time I left Vegas on a Saturday night, I wanted to jump out of the plane without a parachute. So, um, <laughs> <laughs> I had blood all over my hat and was trying to stay out of jail. <laughs> I don't have any of those stories from here. Oh, I, act my, I act my age when I come to town. I yeah. hide in the basement now and just do podcasts. <laughs> right. Yeah. 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 Not fit play for too. public. Play Call of Duty and do podcasts. You're really doing it. <laughs> no, really I can't do it. that. I'm no good at that. <laughs> um other NFR news that's been fun to watch. Um uh, the Canadians, we gotta go under there. We kind of touched on it with Logan. Uh there was a stat last night which would have been round six, because we're uh, we're one day behind. So um for those listening in. That fifteen of the thirty checks in the Bronc riding had went to the went to Canadians went to Canadians. So between Colby oh, wow. Wanchuk and uh, Logan Dawson Hayes Zeke and uh, Garrett Green, those boys are fucking really doing it. I think there's was there six or seven of them or something. Leighton Leighton Green. Leighton, I didn't sorry. know Pig would road Bronx. <laughs> he might he probably could have. Might should have. Yeah, you never know. <laughs> Uh, but that's pretty cool. Half of the money, right? Those guys. And I think it's just a testament to the saddle bronc riding in Canada right now. And, and these guys aren't just great in Canada that we've seen at the CFR. Oh, trust me. The world. I, there, was a, there was a point in the middle of the season. I was thinking that I was going to shift to promoting saddle bronc ridings instead of bull ridings. Yeah. Yeah. So that's pretty cool stuff. Um, I put us a team in this. Uh, there's a pool going online that you can buy into for a hundred bucks of, uh, team roping you get to pick four guys and it adds up to a number and i got Braden to pick our team for us so you guys know <laughs> and uh i haven't seen our name on the list so i don't think we're doing very good in it but we're we're in, the, we're in there somewhere i think is that so. i haven't more i haven't really watched it that's when i go get my refill of rum and eggnog before the bull riding yeah the team roping. <laughs> so what so what uh is there been any drama there is it good i think it's Honest, good. i'm there asking was... seriously Oh, Has good. it been good, the team roping? Like the one rodeo that I will completely watch fucking front to back, even the braille racing, is the NFR, just because yeah. it's that yeah, fucking yeah. good. You know what I mean? And the team roping yeah. is awesome there. It's fucking wicked. They're, uh, they're, I think it was 3.8 or 3.9 last night, and then in the calf roping as well, Shad Mayfield, 6.5, arena record. So yeah, shit like that, with, right? Uh, Brazil and Cody O. Is that Cody right? O, Cody O, yeah. And That's Trevor the guy Brazil we got to get record. on this podcast. Fucking Cody all dude. That guy. Well, I'll, I'll probably find him. He's here. He's yeah, here he's now. at the World yeah, Series. He, yeah, he roped today. I think he roped or yesterday. If I come World across Series. him, I'll be a Cowboy Christmas for a lock bit tomorrow. If I come across him, I'll lock him down. Yeah, if you find that guy on social media, he's always he's had a like um near death experience and then came back out of it. And but just the yeah, his life is one that would love to fucking talk to him about. Get him on this spot. Cool so, guy too. Buck yep. and bull owner. He understands that side of the business, gets it, played yeah. the game. Yeah. Um, you know who, what else I saw on Facebook? Uh, three of our guests in one photo. Uh, Uncle Flint, the kamikaze Rob Smets, and the one, the only, uh, the GOAT, in my opinion, Yeah. Joe too. Baumgartner, all Fucking together. Joe. Uh, Joe. Yeah. yeah, that was cool. That's I saw nice. them. I'm not sure if they were at the convention center or at the rodeo. They were doing Flint's uh, show. Anyway. And I think Tuckness oh, was on here? it with them. Yeah, they, I didn't oh, see yeah, right it, on. but I seen that they were doing a show. Speaking of Tuckness, Tuckness, you see his um uh the Canadian bull Kessler's 
Hubbard of yeah. time. Oh. That was Webster that got him, wasn't it? Webster no, was the one was, that got hooked. No, that was Tuckness. We- Webster got it a couple oh. days before that. Yeah. Okay. I mean, there's been some hookums. Okay. okay. Yeah, well at the NFR. But that was a fucking good hook, and that big fucker is mean to Oh, and smart. He knew exactly. Oh, Jackson yeah. was filling Twilight. It was perfect, actually. And then Jackson thought his shit did not stink after because he called it. He said, you watch, Mom. This bull is bad, badass. He is mean. He's He just, I'm like, okay, Jackson, let's let the announcers do the job here, okay? I'm trying to listen to what's going on. And then as soon as it happened, told you, told you. See that, Mom? Did you? Yes, we're watching, Jackson. We see it. Uh, yeah, beer gold. Um, Trevor Caster has been a cool story I found in the, in the bull ride. And that guy's was around before I was going. Uh, yeah. He'd probably be 35, 36 years old. And, Always just kind of a quiet guy and right there in the mix in that average title again. And I think he had his minimum rodeo count and made the NFR and has been winning money. So great guy. Been great all over the years. Good to see him getting paid off again this year. Yeah, I agree. He's of course, that's kind of through my career. He would come up here once in a while. And when I seen his name on the list, I was like, wow, you know, I've got to be honest. I didn't follow it close enough this year, but I was, I didn't know he was still going. Right. So um, good to see him there and kicking some ass too. Yeah. Uh, bull ride as well. Reed off the doll is something that we, we need to touch on. There is a holy fuck to get that door shut. Scott, <laughs> my sister-in-law just decided to throw something. I need like a cab light on the top that says pod in progress. Do on not, air, live. Do not on air. Like do not slam the fucking doors. <laughs> I like it. Anyway, sorry. Uh, read off the doll though. Um, there is GoFundMe's going online right now. There's Facebook auctions on Phenom Genetics Facebook page. Uh, for those that don't know, Reed was in a very serious accident in round two of the NFR. Uh, was hit in the head and um, uh, was you know and landed landed, landed really very bad, very awkwardly. That was yeah. I, I. I'll actually I'll get some details on that while I'm down here, but I think that's where the real uh, fracture trauma fractured occurred. a C seven, yeah. right? Yeah. He did wake I, uh, up. Oh, he's up. You did wake up? That's that's so great to hear. Yeah, he ate. Uh, well, that's good news. Yeah. This I, is on, uh, so we're a day ahead. So this is Wednesday reporting. Yeah. yeah. I was I was bidding on five straws out of airtime, I believe. There you go. Um, actually, myself and Trevor Gumpf, an avid, avid listener of the podcast, neighbor up the road here, we were on at like 2,800 or three yeah. grand US. Yeah. And then uh as as we go along obviously it's uh worth quite a bit more but yeah just it's that easy you can just go on and, and bid on some stuff so yeah good. that's great. hey well that's speaking great of uh avid listeners got to give a shout out i was at the wrangler 75th party uh last wednesday night here a week ago today and josh hernandez from new mexico young up-and-coming bullfighter fought come and found me out of the crowd and uh yeah, had to tell me how awesome our uh, our podcast was and how inspirational it's been for him and whatnot. So anyway, appreciate it, Josh. Thanks for coming and saying hi. He's probably like, is that the guy that went to the NFR? Or, <laughs> or, or, he, knew or, he, or he was I that go the guy that plays for the Central Hornets? Five times going to have his nap here. I'm going <laughs> to play for the Central Hornets. Room. Oh, yeah. you're not, let him nap. Let him nap. That's nah, good. Well, he's, he looks like he's going to nap, so I'll go on this side. Fuck it. I might have one, too. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> Back to, to Reed, though. I got to hang out with him in um, 
Calgary this year at the Stampede. He was up for that and uh, legit fits the fucking brand NFP. And you seen it that ride that ended oh, up, yeah? that he got hurt on. Um, that you know he was letting it all hang out, was not quitting till his head hit the freaking ground and takes a shot. And first time at the NFR, you know, it's just it's shitty to to see. Um, but I feel like that's like the guy he has never quit and just a a bad cat. And I think this as well he'll fight through this and and uh be back stronger than ever one of those guys that's got the right attitude really good guy one of the good guys of the sport that uh i had a got a lot of ton of respect for just from hanging out with him in calgary and so anything that we can get for his wife and and kids and family and and uh raise for him for the medical bills and all the stuff on top of that it's uh it's going to a very very good guy and a good family so like i say fits the brand nfp can't get much better than reed so Thoughts and prayers with him, thinking of him, and can't wait to see him uh, getting back, back in the game, good to go. So, um, ad read, boys. We better get to that. Scott, you can probably do this now. You bought more vehicles from Riverside than I think uh, most. Of PA. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. How, how true it is how true it is yeah, yeah. Uh, that's good riverside dodge in prince albert saskatchewan is home of the award-winning ram truck they are the brand you trust to haul a trailer load of rank bulls along with your crew up front in the cab whether you want to go check fences or tailgate outside the next pbr event the boys at riverside dodge have the right truck for you riverside dodge is not only the dealer of choice in northern saskatchewan but also sells and services all across western canada go see ty and the gang at riverside dodge for a fair no bullshit deal on your next truck and tell them tanner sent you or scott or jason riverside dodge of prince albert oh, is the official don't truck use dealership. my name yet don't use my name they don't know me yet so oh. i haven't got any deals <laughs> They got that you old truck waiting for you that we were, we were talking about. I know. About. They got it sitting yeah, there. Ty, Ty was texting me pics. The specialty truck. Yeah. But yeah, official sponsor uh, and truck dealership of the NFP podcast. Scott, how's that new whip? You're sitting in it right now. She a beaut. It is. It was awesome. Yeah, it was. It's such a, it's nice. It's beautiful. It was great to drive. We drove home in a storm in it. It handled well. Uh, and those guys and gals at, at the dealership, Ty and the gang, and um, they treated us like gold. So no complaints whatsoever and um hey gonna be heading back up there here in a month to pick up another <laughs> another vehicle so that's how good the service is they put on uh, the best mud flaps the best accessories <laughs> so I, can, I can't complain i can't complain one bit so you can check all you. good nicely done uh what was what time did you get out of there we can go and we didn't talk about the hunting trip all that much but i i skinned out and uh, had to go home yes, and yes, uh, irish goodbye poof he's gone and you <laughs> i seen a picture of you the next day though you were was would you get out out early or what time did you get away uh we ended up getting out of there about 11 30 um just by time paperwork and everything was done but uh fairly efficiently got out of town and uh you know dylan he wants to, of course he wants the old dodge the whatever year that was out front it's funny it's funny we were driving two vehicles out of there but uh <laughs> dylan was kind of somewhat sad to see the old Lamborghini um sitting on the lot as we drove away but quite honestly that lasted about five miles and then he's like yeah what band were you talking <laughs> about again so uh, no, it, it it was good. We got out of there and had a nice trip home. So. Wicked. That's good. And then, um, yeah, got your new truck coming. I got a new truck on the way, too. So we'll be fucking rocking and rolling here pretty quick. Oh, yep. okay. Jason? Well, you guys, don't be don't be afraid to come swing by and pick me up. <laughs> well, you just get yours traded off. I, I was going to say, or you go get one. Come on. Yeah. Come on, buddy. Right. 
What did uh, yeah. what did Dylan think of the hunting trip, Scott? I didn't get to talk to him afterwards. Didn't get his buck, but you guys, everybody had fun. I had a fucking blast hanging out with everybody. Yeah, no, it was really good. We had a, like you said, we had a blast and it's, uh, you know, it wasn't like we sat in the house and just went out for a couple hours. We hunted from, you know, 8.30 in the morning until dark or just after dark for the trip home, not hunting after dark. Uh, so, but it was just one of those years. It was really warm, you know, so stuff wasn't really moving like we thought it would. But uh, anytime you get to go home and hunt the old stomping grounds and take your your kid with you, Braden couldn't make it this year because of school. And and actually, uh, he was in Dawson Creek doing a little PBR up there, and then went to Lloyd on the Saturday night, fought bulls there. So he had to miss this year, but. Uh, it was fun. I had a blast. I don't think he minded. I don't like, think he minded missing. No. He did a hell of a job. He actually <laughs> no. did a hell of a job in in Lloydminster. Nice. Yeah. He did. Yeah. God, it makes Good. the guy feel old though. Like serious. You know, you got you got Braden fighting bulls. You got well this year, like Koi Schmidt. I rodeoed with his dad. Denny yeah. Denny Golden's kid, Dusty Golden, coming along. Well, even you, Tanner. Jesus, and you're old. I remember yeah. hauling your ass to the Calgary Stampede when you were about four years old, three years old. Yeah. You know, and one more thing, a shout out to Brett Gardner. He took uh, Braden under his wing and let him travel with him all weekend. A lot of miles up to Dawson Creek, back North Battleford, uh, back to Sylvan Lake. And that was one comment Braden said he really enjoyed traveling with him and listening to his, you know, his theory and, and, uh, and just the life on the road. So I felt I felt better that he was going way up there, you know, with him. And uh, yeah, that's so. a good fucking that's a good under the winger. Hey, yeah, hey, you know, yeah. we couldn't ask for much better than that. So shout out to him for for doing that. So that was good. Beauty, beauty, beauty. Um, PBR wise, PBR side of things, uh, been pretty cool. Brady Olson wins his first event of the. He wins the first regular season event, and that's. His first ever event win, so we all know how huge those are when when a guy can get one of those, and he got one of those under his belt. So good kickoff for the start of the year for the for the boy, and then uh, Cooper Davis wins uh, his first event in a couple of years. Last weekend rides Whoopa in St. Louis to take the title. So pretty cool to to see the PBR season, the regular season, not the team stuff. For those that might be confused, the team series stuff is now over for a few months and we go back to regular scheduled programming of the PBR of what it's been for the last 25 years and we have that for 6 months now of a of a regular season where we're going to crown a world champion, single world champion um once again. So, Jason, you've been talking to the guys, how what's the vibe? How's everybody ready for the regular season? Tired from the team series? What's going down? Um, well, we usually don't, uh, sugarcoat it. I don't think they were ready at all. Um, you know, they're used to getting started in the new year, but you know, it, it's change, obviously it's, so it's a, it's a shift in the timing because they have to cram in 30 weeks prior to May. So, uh, this actually helps it a little bit, but you know what? It was a hell of a bull riding in Tucson. If anybody was paying attention big time scores, lots of them. Um, so you know what? Everybody enjoys their time at home, but what these guys need to understand is they can only do this for so long. So go get the money now. Um, they just come off some big wins at the teams. Uh, and, uh, yeah, now they're going to try and win a million. So it's not all bad, right? No, but you're not all bad. If they said that, 
Like, yeah, we used to have at least like two months off from the season, right? They they were saying that this team series is gonna be cool because now it's like a regular season. But the then you go right into the regular season. There is no fuck. It's just straight through now. There is absolutely well it's zero June July. Out. June and July, which is gonna be yeah. you know, we're trying to shift away from doing stuff in June and July. Now, unfortunately, we got um, Regina, <laughs> Kelowna. Yeah, yeah, not, and not those a- guys aren't. You know, I'm not going to be talking Dale and Swearingen no. and Silvano to come up. To I don't think I am anyway. I'll try, but I doubt they're going to be wanting to do it. Uh, I have a question. Um, what do you think there'll come a point where some of these teams' owners will say, "Hey, can't, outs- can't out- out- can't he can't do that." Okay. No. Okay. Right, well, that no, answers my yeah. question. Do you think there'll come a point? Um, well, I think teams is going to swallow up the UTB. Personally. And you'll have, I think you'll have, like you paid Jose Vitor Leme that much money and then he gets wiped out in the regular season and then you don't get him for the team stuff. Well, that's what I mean. Like me or vice versa. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Have we discussed that uh, the two legal teams have been sold? No, we we haven't discussed that. that. Is that public knowledge? Uh, Yeah. I'll get some more info. We'll bring it up on the next pod. Okay. But they've been sold. Yep. Yeah, you can go ahead and say it, but yep. I'll uh, I'll confirm. I know RCR Richard Childress Racing did buy the Carolina Cowboys. I'm not I'm not certain who bought Oklahoma Freedom. Oh shit! Right on. That's good for the guys that are on those teams. Anyway, that's perfect for like for like a hundred bucks for a hundred dollars. They're in a contract, so <laughs> it'll be good for the next group of guys. Next group. Yep. Yeah. No shit. Cool, yeah, so that'll be fun watching along. You get to see whoop up back, bulls like that, with the bull title races back in action, so we're going to have to make our picks. We'll probably do that next week because we're going to run out of time on this one. And a quick shout-out to, I believe, our buddy Brinson James made his first appearance at a UTV. Nicely done. Yeah. Nice. Took, Flint's, yeah, yeah. took Flint's spot there for for a night on the town, so I heard I uh, all of I saw Flint last week. Here and it's South Point. Yes. <laughs> yes. He's, he's happy to be in Las Vegas. Nice. Good. Well, I think Flint <laughs> I put it best. Yeah, I wasn't sure either. Uh, I guarantee. I saw him on TV. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I guarantee, and it was Flint that had put this terminology to us. I guarantee Flint wasn't being wasn't being an AFP. He was being an NFP. <laughs> That's right. You never do know. Uh, <laughs> shout out to Bo Byrne. I was in Regina last weekend at Agribition, Canadian Western Agribition, for the Maple Leaf Circuit Finals in the Rodeo Canada world. And Bobo announced his retirement. That was his last one there. So we got to do four nights of uh, bullfighting action. And, uh, and then Bo hung her up. They did a big thing for him there on the last night in the arena. And then uh, we had a little party bus type of thing and ended up back at his place and pretty low key. But no, it wasn't bad, actually. It was pretty good. Yeah, it was pretty, pretty good. We stayed there. We kept her pretty calm, pretty cool, pretty collected. Uh, but no, it was cool. And he ended it with a uh, little uh, bull Coy Robbins got on black and white paint, a little hook ass. And uh, I went to shoot through the gap. And I thought this thing was going to hook me and Bobo picked them up off me and made around with them out in the middle and. It was a good way to end it. It was a good finisher yeah. for Bo. So, yeah. yeah, he was happy and excited. And, um, yeah, I think it was good. So, shout out Bo Byrne. Good long career. 
both riding bulls and fighting bulls and hanging them up now and on to the next one. So shout out to Bobo. Is he in yeah, the judging card? I don't know. <laughs> Probably not. I would, <laughs> I would, I would, <laughs> yeah, I, I would I would venture to say no on that one. But uh, yeah, I had my rooms booked. I was coming in, into Regina to celebrate with them. But fortunately, uh, feeding horses and and having workers didn't work out. So I gave him a call instead and congratulated him and had, had the pleasure of fighting bulls with him quite a few years while I was gone. So congratulations, Bo. And yeah, like you said, probably lake time, hunting, fishing. That's kind of his gig now. So that's awesome. Yeah, that was good. Good times with that too. A little ad read here. If we can do a little get hooked up ad read for the biggest moments under the brightest lights in the biggest situations, get hooked up. Hooked Up Enterprises is a creative partner for Western sports and beyond, providing customized arena wear for some of Rodeo's most elite athletes and state-of-the-art arena wrap display products for some of Western sports' most prestigious events. They are the official in-arena gear of the NFB podcast. Find out more at www.get-hookedup.com or follow them on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok. Stand up, stand out, and stay hooked. Boom, get hooked up. Um, speaking of TikTok, have you got like the biggest fucking probably thing within the NFR nowadays is like the TikTok fucking people and TikTok. Are you guys on TikTok, Scott? No, no. Holy oh, shit! Instagram's the north man. Yeah, but so TikTok, it's like these like they're influencers and they're like TikTokers and there's their own like metaverse. I'm probably gonna sound super old when I'm fucking talking about this, but they had them all on like those um like Katie Lucas and the Cowboy Channel shows and these these, these kids that are just making a living off of fucking TikToking and it's all it's like kind of like Dale Brisby sort of stuff, but it's like fashion yeah. and it's it's insane what the world is nowadays, but yeah, it's kind of crazy to see the the fashion. Until, well someone, like until somebody pulls the plug, then what are they going to do? <laughs> <laughs> Elon shuts it down. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but no, I thought it was pretty crazy, and I think a lot of the, our listeners have probably been following along in a lot of the. Oh stuff yeah, I bet. On, but pretty crazy yeah. to see. Oh, it's yeah, just so we just so we need more young kids looking at their fucking phone all day. Right on. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They need to be in a tractor listening to the NFP podcast, cutting down thirteen hundred <laughs> acres of hay, <laughs> right? Yeah, with with thirteen hundred molehills to bounce over. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> okay, I think that kind of gets what? us where we cut need hay? to be. We're going to go and uh, <laughs> cut hay. Um, cut hay? What's that? <laughs> Did he say get a haircut? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um zay lambert we're gonna throw it to him pretty quick uh pretty cool interview with the the dog we did this right after the pbr canada final so it's a couple weeks past now but i think we kind of got him right as the finals were ending so there was still lots of emotions and shit that were um going along with his retirement but pretty fun interview hey guys i think we all in, had, a, had a good time listening to, to zayner and he kind of got to share some more stories that he didn't get to share during the whole retirement thing for sure. It was good. And I think we got to say a few things that we didn't get to say because it's tough, you know, when in the moment and you're not expecting it and emotions and yeah, it was good. Yeah. It's easy to pre-think everything you'd want to say, whether oh, you had a yeah. mic in, or whether you had a mic in your hand or not, but, uh, um, as you're driving down the road, but when you get, when you get, start getting choked up, you kind of lose track of what you had to to yeah, say but you're just trying yeah, to we, keep it together and not embarrass yourself <laughs> right no it was awesome to talk to him in a you know just one-on-one -on -one or whatever and uh yeah i think it's uh 
I think he's excited to move on to different things is the vibe I got. So it's good to good to hear. Yeah. I got one story that we didn't get to uh to tell on the podcast, but uh one time I got fucking me and Zayner flew to Pueblo. Jason, you know this one, but we flew to Pueblo, Colorado, and um we were there for the bull riding and Bud Williamson, this Aussie young guy. Oh yeah. He yep. was right. He was riding, and um, he got on red hot. I can't I think it was red hot. Big um, HD page, but anyway, and this thing whips him down and hangs him up, and I mean, fucking hung him up, and long one. He couldn't get out. He's hung up. This thing ends up going around the arena. It was like a couple minute long, like one of the longest hang ups that I'd ever seen. Right. So they finally get him out. Jesse was there, I think, and Webster and somebody else, and they those guys would remember this one. It was like really, really bad. And me and Zane were back in the locker room after it was done, and we were just kind of bullshitting about the bull riding and stuff. And he's like, hey, what do you think? Like, situations like that, when a wreck gets that bad, if they just had somebody in the crowd, like, way up top or something, or in the rafters, and he had a, he had a tranquilizer gun, and, and he just shot the bull with a tranquilizer gun when shit got that bad. <laughs> holy fuck Zayner. so that's kind of like what goes through his mind right and i'm like zane for fuck's sakes you gotta just have a random guy in the crowd with a fucking gun fucking shooting the bulls fucking looks bad on all accounts anyway so and, you go let's go keep going it gets better yeah keep going better. keep going and yeah so and i'm like fucking just like really letting him have it right and giving it to him about how fucking dumb of an idea that is and you can't be doing shit like that the next day, we fly to um, uh, Ottawa or Halifax, whatever it was. Right. Um, and, uh, I know where you're going with this. Uh, I'm, I'm like third or fourth guy out, and fucking here we go. I end up underneath this bull and hung up and twisted around. Oh. And one of the worst hangups fucking in history. It's on YouTube. You can, you guys, oh, can, yeah. everybody can go and check it out. So Scott's bullfighting, and... Um, we end up around the shark cage. We get back to the shoots. This thing stopped by this time. Scott Byrne is known for, like, anybody jumps in the arena, he is going to cuss somebody and fucking let them have it. Let him do his job. And they said at one point he looked up at the shoots and he goes, guys, fucking help us. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was desperation time. It had gone on way too long. Fuck me. So I'm, yeah. I, I end up, they finally get me out. And I stand up and I have nothing left on me but my growing shorts. That's all I had left. Yeah, Caps, yeah. Rest, shirt, pants, fucking everything's gone. I have my growing shorts on. So you're just like totally exhausted, totally dead. I'm like, fuck me. What a wreck. They kind of carry me out of the arena. I'm trying to get my breath. I get, they sit me down in the locker room and I'm just kind of sitting in the corner. And out of the corner of my eye, I see Zayner come and he just parks right beside me, right close to me. And he goes, hey. I said, what? Fuck. He's like. I bet you wish somebody had a tranquilizer gun out there, didn't you? <laughs> <laughs> oh, you know, that that's a hell of an idea. Uh, I'd get hit with a tranquilizer gun. Then I'd have to explain. I'd have to use the old excuse. Honest, honey, I think I got roofied. That's why I got so fucked up. <laughs> Go over yeah. like a fart in a funeral, guaranteed. Yeah, it wouldn't be too good. But no, just a funny story that I thought of after we finished the interview uh, with Zayner that I thought people would like to hear. But that was Zayner, man. He was always on the ball and fucking funny. His own uh, his own sense of humor, as you guys all know, and we'll get to hear it in this podcast. So I think we should probably throw it to that if you guys are good with that. I know we probably missed a million things, but that's what happens when you don't do a podcast for three weeks. There's a lot of stuff you missed. So uh, we'll get back to it yeah, once we get good. back to it. Yeah. 
All right. Well, JD, have fun there in Vegas. Oh, it's just work. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll do hard work then. Get it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right, boys. Oh, yeah, everybody. Uh, Yeah, good luck to our 3D athletes finishing off this NFR and all the contestants. And uh, to our listeners, we love you, and we will be back. This has been episode 58, and now we are going to chunk it to our interview with the recently retired GOAT, Zane Lambert. Well, Zane, you did it. You made your dreams come true. So why don't we just do this just one more time? The man that you're about to meet will ride in this iconic arena tonight as one of the most revered, regarded, and respected champions of all time. For he is a five-time PBR World Finals qualifier. Twice he has been a PBR Canada Finals winner. And on two separate occasions, he has reigned supreme as a PBR Canada National Champion. And he is the only, the only man in the world to qualify for 17 PBR Canada National Finals. Tonight... That PBR superstar becomes a legend. Ladies and gentlemen, he is from Pinocchio, Alberta, Canada. And he is the one and the only. This is Zane Lambert. Our guest today is a two-time Canadian champion bull rider, a 17-time PBR Canada Finals qualifier, a five-time CFR qualifier, and a five-time PBR World Finals qualifier, as well as five appearances at the Calgary Stampede. He recently hung up his bull rope after one of the greatest careers in history, originally from Westbourne, Manitoba, now making his home in Pinoca, Alberta. It's a pleasure to invite my good friend and old traveling partner, the Canadian GOAT, it's Zane Lambert. Zayner, how are we doing today, brother? Hey, we're doing good. You like that? A little tire pump there? Get you fucking feeling yeah, good? Go. I don't think you'd put me at the goat by any means, but I uh, definitely uh, had a lot of fun in the time I was there. <laughs> <laughs> I'd go with goat. I would go with goat. Yeah, yeah we don't throw that out very often. Yep. Yeah. What would the closest be of that many qualifications? So you've been to the PBR Canada Finals right from the beginning of the PBR Canada. We talked about Aaron Roy, I guess, would have been the closest, right, with uh, the injuries that he had. But you literally have been to every single every single PBR Canada Finals since its inception. So is that uh, something that stands out pretty cool to you? That's fucking amazing for me. You were there before I was there and there after I was there. So... Uh, what was the trick? What was uh, what did you do to to last that long? Go seventeen years and qualify for the finals every year, as well as not be out of the top ten. I think ever, right? Or maybe once out of the top yeah, ten twice, in all those I years, think. twice. I think this this year was was one of them where I was ended up outside. But uh, yeah, it's just I think it's just been good. I, I didn't really think about you know wanting to make that a record by any means. It just happened. I don't think I even realized that it was 
10 or 12 in a row until somebody started saying that. And then I started watching and being like, okay, I got to make the finals, but I really thought that anything of it is pretty cool. Now looking back, I'm very proud of that stat. Um, I think that's awesome. Uh, but it wasn't, wasn't a goal of mine by any means to make that 17 and, and, but it's pretty cool that I did. Fuck it, right. The one question I have for you now that we're a week away or a week since it's been, you've had a weekend off the drive home from Edmonton. So we all finish off the season, finish off our year. Um, but you know, you always know when the next one is or where the next event is, you're going to be going after that. After 17 years, you driving home from Edmonton was the first time that you wouldn't be going back competing as a bull rider again. Did it sink in on the way home? Has it sunk in yet? Or what's your emotions after, after getting home from Edmonton? Yeah, it didn't really set in there, but it really sets in now when I see people starting to get ready to go to the bull ridings and they're, they're traveling to the bull ridings and your phone's not ringing. Uh, that's when you start to notice. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, it's all good. I'm really good with it. Um, I'm ready to be done with it. I had a little souvenir just to, let me know that I couldn't carry on just to make sure that I didn't go for one more round somewhere. I think that universe said that's enough. Here's a broken bone. Uh, don't, don't get on again. So uh, I think that helps me just, just put an end to it. It was just a good way to end it up there and, and really felt satisfying to me to, to be able to say, you know, that was it. Uh, um, am I missing it? Yeah. I feel like I'm in really good shape and I could go another 10 rounds right now. Um, but I got a broken bone because <laughs> so I, I got a couple spots in Lloyd Minster. Are you sure? <laughs> I can't take my rap. Someone else is gonna have to tie me in. <laughs> I think we've done that before. <laughs> what uh, What is it for the people that that can't see that are listening? Um, you know that aren't on the video. What's uh, what happened to you at, on your last try? I, I, uh, I got beat around the corner out of my way from my hand, bucked me off. And just as I was coming off the back end of the bull, he kicked and had perfect timing and kicked my hand as I was leaving, exiting. And it ended up breaking, uh, my middle finger, uh, hand bone <laughs> right in the center of my hand and shattered it in like five spots. Um, <laughs> so, <pretty> good. <laughs> so I ended up not being able to pick up a glass or anything the next day it was pretty sore and and uh it's coming around now but we picked up a few glasses <laughs> <laughs> um the whole experience in edmonton other than the shattered hand but right from the beginning of the type Osborne foundation banquet that that we got to honor you at and then rolling into the PBR Canada finals and all the work that, that went in that the production team put together and the videos and uh, everything that went on, everybody that was there and everybody that's seen the videos now on, on Facebook and on Instagram and everywhere else that, that uh, Pete and the whole crew put together of, of your career and the whole send off that you had. Uh, can you just kind of explain that or put that into words, what that whole weekend was like, or was it over the top for you? Was it, what, did you feel good about it? Um, I know all of us were crying and it was amazing to watch, but for you in that situation, what were those emotions like? Oh man, honored. Uh, just so honored to, you know, just for people to even look back at my career and say good job and stuff like that. It is just very honored. And they've made me feel right from the, the first day there at the banquet uh, all the way through. Um, they made a deal of me and part of my career and just kept 
acknowledging what I did. And, you know, I didn't always notice that there's that many people watching. And, uh, and so it was pretty cool uh, to get that kind of acknowledgement there. And they made a really big deal of me uh, in the opening and, and showed some cool footage when I was little and, and it just kind of brought it all in as a career ending moment for me. And it really, uh, it was an awesome way and uh, to send it off. And so, yeah, I really appreciate that. I know uh, Pete, when we were doing some of the video work in Lethbridge, you know, Pete, um, well, it's Pete's job to make magic in the arena. Anybody, you know, Peter Brad um, does an amazing job for our team with, I know what he had planned for you in Lethbridge. No, he thought he'd maybe pull Barbara Walters and make a break right down. And I remember him calling me after and he's like, hey, like, there's no emotion there. Like, he's ready. It's just another, you know, just, just another chapter. Like, he was, I couldn't believe it. He goes, I'm sitting there trying to hold back tears, asking questions, and Zane's just staring answers back. But, uh, we saw it get a little bit emotional. Well, for a lot of us over the weekend, obviously, um, when you're standing in the, in the, uh, rider out gate there, watching that video in Rogers place, that humongous screen there, it, that had to be tugging at the heartstrings a little bit when you knew like, this is going to be the last day I get to do something like this. Yeah. And, and I'll never forget that moment. Um, walking out there and like that big screen with my you know my face on it and um my name plastered it was on every rafter everything that lit up and uh yeah people standing on their feet for me and it was it was pretty special i was like a funeral crying i was like yeah (laughs) (laughs) i know uh leading up leading up to edmonton and we'll go back right to the first part of the year and every once in a while you think to yourself well there's two months left or there's five months left and it it coming into Thursday in the Thai Pazavon uh, banquet you kind of want everything to slow down like you know what I mean you just want it to last kind of forever because I don't care who you are you do dread that final moment of walking through the outgate for the last time or walking out of the arena for the last time but you want it to slow down and it seems to speed up and it, you know, before you know it, it, it is all done. But um, was that kind of the feeling you had? Did you think to yourself on Thursday, I hope this lasts forever? Uh, yeah. I, I kind of felt bad for some of the other guys that were going to the finals. They were, you know, it was all about Zane Lambert where they had their finals too. And I just <laughs> want to acknowledge how good they were. Yeah, that, you know, what a great event they did too. Um yeah. So at that point, I was maybe feeling a little bit, uh, you know, all about Zane a little bit. Uh, but at the same time, yeah, yeah, I felt like I deserved a little bit of their time. And, and yeah. Uh, yeah, I think I got it. And and for people to give me that time was pretty special. Well, I won't dwell on it anymore. But when we did that interview in the arena and your wife <laughs> was standing beside me and holy cow, my I start my I could feel it coming on. I'm like, oh, shit, here we go. And. And then Stacy kind of put her arm around me and I was like, if I start balling, he's going to start balling. And this is to be a ball fest here. So, but I get, I guess that's attributes how much you meant to the sport and to me personally. And, and you're with your family all there. I mean, the whole family from miles around, it was pretty cool. I, 
I'm glad you got to experience that. I'm glad I got to experience it with you. So, but I'm sorry that I did get a little choked up on you. <laughs> that was hard. It was hard to get through everything without choking up. But we got through it. I was surprised. Um, hopefully, don't do it to me now. <laughs> <laughs> cool. No, that's great. I just wanted to touch on some of that stuff, but for the mostly for the people that weren't there and got to experience it because it was pretty special and pretty emotional for everybody. And, and you've been with it from the get go. So, you, you know, like one of the original guys end of an era. So obviously it's a, it's a huge ordeal and you deserved everything that you got and received, including the lifetime achievement award, which Jason, for people that weren't at the uh, banquet or at the PBR Canada finals, can you explain before Zane talks about it, what, uh, what, this award is and what it means and how it's named after Zane. Well, this probably started in, I want to say mid August. Um, we have a weekly call with our team production team and whatnot. And, you know, what are we going to do? You know, we know it's Zane's last um, finals and, you know, we're going to definitely honor him, but how do you, how do we keep uh, Zane Lambert, name you know synonymous with pbr for the next 17 and 35 and 50 years so um it's not easy doing stuff like that with PBR. um it, it we just don't get to make these decisions and do this stuff so um pete, pete kind of ran with it a little bit and then him and casey worked on it because Casey was our liaison to Sean and making sure that the PBR would allow this award created and whatnot. And once we got the, the okay on that, well, what are we going to do? Um, we knew we wanted to create something in Zane's name. So with the Lifetime Achievement Award, um, um, and it states right on there, it, it's going to be an award that is given every year, which Zane will be involved in in picking that that person guy gal whoever it might be and it's not specific to the bull rider it's kind of like zane you know we know zane was a 17 qualifier as a bull rider but he gave so much more as a person to the pbr than he did just as a bull rider so um it very well deserved uh, i have to give the majority of the credit to pete and um and case they're the ones said yes let's do it Blaine and I give the nod yeah we want to do it we want to we we want to be a part of this and they they ran with it and I hadn't seen that uh I hadn't seen that plaque until the day you were presented that as Pete or Brad does and and everything he does he fucking nails it every time and that was for me that was the toughest like when I had standing up on the stage trying to I was going to read it. I had so much stuff I wanted to say. Couldn't and then there's talk. just, blah, blah, blah. I, could, I, <laughs> I couldn't even talk. Well, I couldn't even talk for a little while. Call the way uh, <laughs> But, uh, you know, I, it's, it's fitting. And I think there's concerns. Well, you know, like, well, we're going to have this guy retire in a few years or whatever. And I I don't care. This is important. This is this needs to be done. And that's kind of where we left it. Get it done. We want it. And, uh, and they got it done. Very well deserved. Uh, um, very des- well well deserved award. So we know we're going to keep you around here for a few years, Zane, because you're going to have to present that. That's awesome. So honored again uh, to get something like that. And 
be able to pick out people that with those characters and keep those people involved with the rodeo will just help the sport get better too. And that's what we're here for. Bang. I agree. I, I can't believe you got choked up, Jason. Come yeah, on. What up, really? Like, oh, what? Come on. <laughs> Cheese with those guys. Um, <laughs> oh, Zayner, no, it's cool, buddy. And um, we'll get on to it because it's this is this is uh your retirement podcast, and it's not all sad and fucking somber. And that was the one thing that that I have to keep reminding myself when I was looking up at the screen and you were fucking choked up. And I looked to my right and Peacock's fucking bawling beside me. And then I'm fucking trying to hold back tears and I'm crying. I'm like, for fuck's sakes, you guys, we're all going out after this. We're all partying all day tomorrow. Like we got yeah. we're gonna have fun here. Okay. <laughs> so no, it's good. And uh with that. Let's go back to the the start of it all, though. So originally, like we said in the intro, now living in Pinocchio, Alberta, with your beautiful family and two boys on uh, on a uh, an unreal spot. You got a little golf course and everything there. But the OG running from Westbourne, Manitoba, the wild ass kid, fucking straight out of Toba. How did this all begin? How did you get into bow riding? Get into the sport? Take me right back to to the start of maybe growing up in Manitoba, where this all started from now that we're at the end of it all, but uh, the beginning growing up, what was it like for Zane Lambert? I mean, I say this story a bunch, but the very first bull riding I went to was a Cody Snyder bull bus in Winnipeg. Um, went down to the, on the ground, got a bunch of autographs from a bunch of cowboys and, and they, a bunch of the bull riders, the local ones, don't even know who it was at this time, um, told me to go to Jimmy Lawrence's bull riding school. And I think he even gave me a number at that point and that's kind of what started it is um is that number uh, another bull rider passed on that there was a bull ride in school in kennedy saskatchewan and um i should probably go to this because already at home i was jumping on cattle that my brothers and sisters were roping they were doing some you know breakaway roping and, and calf roping and so i was loading the calves in the chutes all the time for them doing that kind of stuff and I'd ride the odd one out of the chutes. And so they figured that I needed to go to a school and figure it out and get the equipment to do it. Cause I was showing an interest in it at, at that age. So my first start was, I was 10 years old, went to the Jimmy Lawrence bull riding school in May. And I went to three rodeos that year on an old Ash, Ashern. And well, there was maybe McGregor on that time too. Um, but yeah, no, we went to, went to three when I was 10 and then, the next season we started Heartland Rodeo and, and um, shoot, I think I only went to seven or eight rodeos that year too when I was 12. And then uh, my sister went to National High School Rodeos down in the States and I got to tag along. And I got to see this whole other industry of how big rodeo really was outside of Manitoba. And I thought, wow, this is something that I'm going to be involved with. And they don't have no big rodeos over there where you're from, <laughs> Morris. Like that, not with uh, seventeen hundred contestants all your yeah. eight in a in a party atmosphere, uh, riding all rodeo with the same the same interests. And for me, where I came from, there wasn't a whole lot. There was there was cowboys, but there wasn't that many. And to see this world outside of where my world, uh, it it just it opened the door. Um, I think there's a story you can tell me whether this is true or not, but, um, you had to kind of pay your way, right? You had to, your winnings went to fuel and whatever else. And, and I, I, I think that's cool because that probably sets you up for the drive that you've had your whole career. Um, as a young kid, 
your dad or your mom or your parents period it just wasn't a free ride you had to stick your chest out and and ride something and and kick into the kitty so to speak yeah and and i as kids i don't i think we we didn't take anything too for granted like um you know, Holly was, my sister was barrel racing and, and we were struggling to get down the road with gas money and trailers and horses and all that stuff. And when it come to me riding bulls, it was easy. Cause I could, you know, I went to my first one and I was already starting to pitch in gas money. And you, you know, I bought my first car, I think when I was like 14, um, because I was miling out the family van. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I had to get my own wheels. So I didn't, burn the wheels off everybody else's so I think my first car was my grandpa's car I bought uh off them and then we rodeoed out of that until I think the water was coming in the floorboards <laughs> <laughs> a couple engines later uh and then yeah it was always I guess right from the beginning it was that way it was it was a sport for me like no other I was getting paid for doing something in grade nine like I was in I was in grade nine making 10 grand um mm-hmm. kids the kids kids had a nine to five job and wouldn't make three grand for you know for yeah. working yeah. at high school and i was just rolling on the weekends and i was going after the cca bull riding title and stuff back then so i was making pretty good money off the bat so did i pay for my own yeah it just kind of happened right away that i could and it just it funded itself and that's how i was able to keep it going um because there wasn't a whole lot of funding outside of that but it always was able to pay for itself what did they think of it what did your mom and dad think of you wanting to be a bull rider did they approve of it or were they like no you should rope or, or whatever the family business might have been or what was the situation when you started doing it um i i think they were happy that I, they didn't really want me in hockey and and other sports as much because the other kids were all in rodeo as well and that was going to split us up so they were they were pretty happy that i stayed with rodeo uh, I think on that side of things. Um, but, uh, I mean, I was fourth kid in my family, I think. And, and I think that was a little easier for me to go do the dangerous stuff. Cause they have three other kids. To, you know, <laughs> I was the fourth, you know, so uh, that I got, I got away with doing the rougher stuff. Um, and, and everybody was fine with it. My mom, she was a nurse and she, I'd get stitches or get bumped and she, was right into healing me up and getting me back out there and teaching me how to ice from a young age and and very much a part of it that way and um there's been a lot of ice over the years yeah that was uh very very uh supportive um to the point where yeah you know he would take time off his job to to come with me because my mom wouldn't let me go until i was 16 on my own <laughs> i think i was 17 actually before i was allowed to go to a rodeo without dad uh so keith had to come with me everywhere um so uh you know he was always very supportive and took time off his own job and his own income to to make sure he was there supporting this hobby of mine never wanted to shy away from a good time what was it like when you first got to leave your parents and got to go on your own probably with justin <laughs> hogan uh, yeah you know rodeo weekends with the boys and he jumped in the uh a capri with five other guys coming from manitoba it was be bobby stevens vince northrop travis Dirkatch, brandon fisk and i mean you could not have a good time <laughs> <laughs> uh, kids soaking it all in <laughs> loving it yeah 
So were you were you one of those kids that was um really good right from the get-go? Like right after that school, you kind of had a knack for it. Lots of kids over in that area and around here too, right? Two hands in Canada, Alberta. You were never a two-handed guy. I remember you always being one-handed right from the get-go. Uh from that Jimmy Lawrence school on. I always remember you being super successful at 14, 15 years old. You're years, a couple years older than me, but always looking up to you guys, right? That were that were older than me and you were always at the top of that list one of the best guys through all the levels that you went through uh did it just come naturally to you or was there was it jimmy that helped you or i know you went to cody custer's school a couple things like that was was it natural to you or did you learn lots from different guys as you went uh, i i think it a uh, little both i picked up things really fast um as a kid if you show me how to do something i could pick it up really quick and i think that's for mostly anything in life and it takes uh, a while to make it profession to, to perfect something anybody can do anything good they're right off the bat and some people are better at that but when you get professional you have to work at something that's when it changes so I think right off the bat yeah I was good right off the bat and and had some talent and and kind of got away with that because it wasn't real stiff competition in Manitoba at that time I kind of stood out so I started riding one-handed to try to test myself to make sure because my end goal was always to be a professional bull rider. I didn't want to be the best steer rider. I wanted to be the best bull rider in the end. So even when I was 14, getting on with one hand, it wasn't about that end of the year. It was about how much better I'd be later down the road with riding with one hand. That was my theory <laughs> that yeah. I wouldn't, you know, have to go through switching. Um, and once I kind of hit the CCA and, you know, in the bull ride and got challenged by a couple guys that's when you realize that okay i gotta try and i got well i'm not as good as i you know it's not going to come to me and then you gotta put that extra effort in and and all that but uh right off the bat um i think i was naturally talented at it uh, right off the beginning Fucking right so then you go through the the manitoba ranks you go through the cca ranks did you ever win a cca title no, they oh, wouldn't. No. <laughs> they wouldn't like it. You're from Manitoba. They wouldn't like it. <laughs> they called me on a slap once. They called me on it. And then uh, I got runner up with Vince three times in a row. Um how many runner-ups to PBR Canada? Yeah, I was going to say, yeah. Dude, you always had stiff competition, though. Fuck, like Vince Northrup in the CCA. And then Aaron, and who else was it in the in the PBR? Oh, um, fuck. Jiffner, Bo Hill. Yeah, that's in Lawrence Thompson, Nathan Chopper, uh, Brady Olson. Where the list goes on, like those are some studs. Took you like I don't know, but I told uh, I was saying that in the last podcast of like Brock Radford to look at that, right? It's like he's come second, however many times. It's like, well, fucking Zayner, how many times were you top two, top three, top four all those years, 10 plus years, right? And then um the one year over the mound you get take that championship and then win another one after that right so keep on riding keep hustling and what was it do you think that that took you over the over the hump or got you that win just being clutch at the finals or did you mature some way or what got you the the canadian championship you think after all those years i think my first one in 2013 um i think i was just pissed off of being second for the fourth year in a row <laughs> that i just something had to change and I think in 2013, um, after I hit the ground at that finals, it was, I was just so mad at myself for getting second again and not being able to get a title. It was just, it was kind of frustrating because, you know, like you said, I was naturally talented before, but now I actually have to try it. 
So I think at that time, that probably changed my whole career because I had to, I just, I got, I made sure I corrected um, my free hand and I think I wrote a lot better at that point. I had to make, I always would say, oh, that's old habits that I'd have. And I was getting rid of them at that point. And I wasn't, I was just trying to be a more proper bull rider. And it showed 13, my average was outstanding. And I think I had it one come August. And they were like, nobody could catch it. Um, so at that year, I think focusing on getting third or second or whatever for the fourth time in a row, it just finally, I just said, no, I'm going to be a bull rider. I got to do this. And I got to do it proper. I got to figure this out. Because if I'm going to be in this sport, I can't be getting seconds all the time and watching these guys getting paid more than you and whatnot. <laughs> so you just, it, time was enough. It was, it was, if I was going to stay in the industry, it was time to change it. Yeah. And then 2014 is the, the first year Well, you went as a Canadian representative to the world finals, uh, four times. Right. And then in 2014 was the year that you made the finals. That's when me and you were got to go together and spend all that time down in the States together. Um, so I always talk about on here on this podcast of, you know, the guys that actually go and do it and, and make it, you're obviously one of those guys. So does that stand out as you as, as a, as a really big highlight that year? And I know some of the ranked goals that you rode that year and all the traveling and everything that went into that, that world finals birth had to be a, had to be a dream come true at that point. Uh, that year, 2014, hundred percent, that's the um, highest I was ever in, in the world standings and in, in the peak of my career in the, in the, whatever the whole industry of PBR, you have to put yourself on a world stage. And at that point I was very proud to be able to not only ride there and make those good rides, but I was also, I think I was riding my best at that point. Um, and, and yeah, like that was, that was definitely the, the highest point for me in my career was 2014 um, being at the world finals, qualifying for that, really accomplishing my goals you know, and, and after that, when he came home and in 2015 and stuff, really at that point, you're already going backwards because my whole life, I was always going forwards until 14, where we came home and, and then I got another Canadian title, but I started rowing at home. But when your mindset's not to be the best, it, you're already going backwards. And so at that point, you know, you kind of think I was retiring for five years. <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah. Was was there ever a point in your career saying, say, post-injury or just, uh, I know there's peaks and valleys throughout every year. Was there ever a point where you were just like, oh, I don't, I don't know. I just, I just want to go home and be done with it. Was there ever that? No, because I just get mad at myself and end up winning. Right. And, yeah. You know, you get mad at yourself. It would fuel the fire as soon as you did that. You're, you See, were the guy that I said right from the get-go, Scott. Sorry, it was like the, the 17 years, whatever it was. You were always like 100% excited about bull riding, always thought about bull mm -hmm. riding, never down on the sport or on anything. You never let shit get to you. You just fucking rolled on, went oh, to the next oh, one. Tanner, there was one time. When <laughs> was it? 2017 when he had young Trent in the championship round. Then he went 90. Then he went and 90. And him for 90 and, and stole one from Brock. <laughs> I'll never forget. I went when I went into the room and you were so pissed in the Fuck, locker. He was mad. Yeah. Oh. He's giving it to me. So I got your fucking black and white eliminator now. I'm like, dude, 
It's gonna look good. Like you're, you're gonna get to like him. It's gonna go good. He <laughs> was the it. last pick left. Everybody was nobody wanted him, and yeah, nobody wrote him at that time. And he just, I think he just knocked out somebody in Yorkton. And oh fuck! And I'm not even gonna be in the average. And now I'm mad because I know I'm even if I, even if I, even put up a good effort, I'm gonna get beat up, and I'm not gonna make any money. I just, I was just down on myself, and there was no way, no way to do anything. Just take it out on the floor. <laughs> And it worked. It was 90. Legit, too. Yeah. Dane's one of them guys that he doesn't get mad, but then when he gets mad, look out. <laughs> right? Yeah. Yeah. The quiet the quiet uh, type that just doesn't get mad, but just beat the shit out of you and laugh, laugh while he's doing it. <laughs> Vermillion, I've seen it happen. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> uh, Zane, have you ever licked a cane toad in Australia? <laughs> <laughs> I, sometimes my throat gets sore and i don't know why <laughs> i picked up a disease in australia one day oh, oh my god okay we sometimes my throat gets sore <laughs> so zaner's a wily veteran of australia and uh, and me and Megan came over for the first time, and we're fucking having. Obviously, it's the best time over there, the most fun you can have, I think. And um, <laughs> and they have these things for our American and Canadian listeners. They're they're cane toads, but they're fucking like poisonous, big ass fucking frogs that like if they have poison on their back. So if like dogs lick them and shit, they'll kill them. I might be wrong on this, but they definitely have poison on their backs. But we get there the one day we're partying. We've been partying for a couple of days. And uh, Zader grabs this thing and he shoves it in my face. And uh, we have a picture of it. And I'm holding this toad. And then we get to the next place that we were going to is Papa Fuck Fuck's place. This is the guy that we're staying with. His name is Papa Fuck Fuck. Oh. <laughs> and- <laughs> and Rocky McDonald named him that, right? We talked about Rocky yeah. last spot. So me and Zayner, uh, the most awesome place that you could go to, we're catching crab and having the funnest time of our lives. Um, we go cane toad golfing, all this different stuff. But Zane, you might have to proceed with the story of, of what happened to you. I don't know if it was the cane toad um, or if it was ants or what it might have been, but you got you to gotta tell the people this story. This is my favorite one from Zayner. Well, Papa, Papa's house was pretty awesome. He he had a he had a boat rental shop down in in Nippon, Australia, right off, just a bay off the ocean, and uh, so you could catch mud crabs and eat them up for supper. And I knew it was a good place to go, so I took Megan and Tanner there, and we partied for three days. And we met some of the locals, and they taught us how to how to golf these toads. And we we went out golfing these toads, and you could find hundreds of these toads around by flashlighting in the dark and you just shine your light across and their eyes will glow and you can team up with a nine iron and shoot. <laughs> there, there had to have been 200 or 300 frogs that we golfed that day. And then we make it back to the shop, to the boathouse. And that's the last thing I remember. I think I went and talked on my phone. No, we and got I, stuck. We got stuck on the ocean for a while. We took kayaks out on the ocean. Remember that? And we got fucking stuck out there for quite some time. <laughs> yeah the wind is a little strong on the ocean for a kayak apparently <laughs> no matter how hard you paddle <laughs> yeah so i ended up having a nap outside the boat shop nobody was there when i woke up in the morning or in the in 
two o'clock in the morning and my throat is killing me. I don't know what happens. I can't swallow. I can't, I can't talk. And either the ants crawled in my throat or I licked a toad. <laughs> That's in my mouth. I don't know. I, I was sick for two days after. <laughs> oh, it was bad. He couldn't eat. His throat was like swollen up. But like, so I was making fun of him because they all talk about like these toads, the poison on them, but you can lick them and it's like an, a hallucinogenic or whatever. So I was giving it to Zane that he was fucking licking the toads. But I think what, what happened was, remember when you went to go and find your phone and your wallet and shit, because you lost everything. And we go back the next day and he like spit on the ground beside it because his throat was hurting so bad. And these ants just fucking swarmed it, like swarmed his spit. So you could think if he's laid out there on his back, everybody knows how dangerous fucking Australia is in the first place. If those ants would have crawled in there and bit the shit out of him, like, oh, it was terrible. Oh. <laughs> I yeah. woke up in the grass. I was passed out, falling asleep with my phone beside me in the grass <laughs> in Australia. <laughs> Not good. They did. They didn't tell you the ten deadliest snakes are in Australia, man. He's <laughs> laying in the grass. Zane, you're a wily vet though of uh, of Australia. You can talk about this too. You've been over there what ten times or some ridiculous number like that, right? Yeah, I think it's eight. Yep. Um, eight different flights over there. Um, one time it was three times in one year, just simply because it was different times of the year they were shipping me over. PBR would pay for it to be an international rider to go over there. So uh, the one year I went over there three times. And I actually went to Australia before I went to the States because I wasn't allowed in the States. So I had to fly out of Vancouver right to Sydney when I went there and competed in Australia my first couple of years down there. And uh, so I got to know a lot of Australia friends and, and locals back in 2009. And they're still friends today that we still talk to and, and get together when they come over here. Or we go over there. So, yeah, it was pretty neat to do that. Yeah unreal unreal place and i've seen some uh some pictures of you like with chase outlaw and dirty Eater and those guys like some of the adventures that you went on over there i know some of the adventures that we got to go on just within that one well two years but the one remember. Okay. Yeah, okay, one also year, also one year we almost didn't make it to australia i mean <laughs> did he make it there <laughs> why where did you guys forget to wake up uh vancouver airport we were we all met up there Sask he flew in out of saskatoon and i flew out of edmonton and in the boys flew out of calgary we all met up in sit there in in um vancouver at the international airport to get over there but we were an hour earlier two hours early so we thought we'd go for a nice supper and me and tanner would split a bottle of wine well one bottle of wine turned into two and it might have been three when we left the <laughs> the restaurant and uh i left my phone at the restaurant <laughs> at that point with my wallet on the back of it like it was like a connected it was like my visa and my id and everything on the back of my phone and i'd left that at the restaurant and uh they weren't gonna let us board the plane me and tanner and uh tanner was a little worse off than i was he was kind of stumbling the lady came up to tanner and said tanner you know you're gonna have to go get some coffee and sober up brothers we're gonna let you on this flight and i came over and tapped her on the shoulder and said don't worry ma'am i got him uh i'll look after him, make sure he's good and she turned around she looked at me and said you should go get some coffee too sir <laughs> his, lips, his lips and his teeth were all red from the red wine <laughs> so we both barely made the flight and uh, did, you, did you leave your your phone and everything behind them? Yeah. yeah. 
and then just visited the restaurant when you got back and picked yeah. up your stuff. So as soon as I landed in Australia, I phoned my phone and the lady, the restaurant at the restaurant, the waitress picked it up and she said, is this your phone? And I said, yeah. And I said, I'm in Sydney. She's like, okay, well, you, I'll just leave it at lost and found. And when you come back to come back through, you just pick it up and lost and found. So that's what I did. But luckily I had my passport in my back pocket and I had like a billfold with uh, my papers in it. And it had an old American visa when I was traveling to the States and it had money on it. So I was able to have, I had money and I had an ID, but I had no phone. I I could never travel like that. Oh, you fucking panic, eh? No, it would drive me. It would drive me. I these stories give me anxiety. Like I couldn't imagine. <laughs> I woke up on that airplane, like, whoa, where the fuck are we at? Sitting beside this Chinese guy that was snoring and coughing all over me. And I look around. There's Jared and Zayner, and Zayner's drinking beer. I'm like, okay, let's get into that. <laughs> <laughs> let's try that. Let's try that. Yeah, uh, that's a- we're just more mature, I guess. Hey, eh, Scott, <laughs> I think so. Sounding that way, anyway. Uh, one time, another good one that I was thinking about the other day, speaking of red wine. So me and Zane fancy ourselves, obviously, connoisseurs of nice dinners and nice wines. <laughs> we're, in, uh, we're in Chicago one year for the Borad. And we, we go to, it was a nice Italian place. Pretty fancy. And, oh, yeah, we uh, reviewed it, made sure it was the best food. Oh, yeah. yeah. Zayner doesn't fuck around when it comes to wine and food. He knows his shit. So I would just good to know. go along with it. So we sit down at this place and... Same thing. We have us just a nice, great meal. It's like a candlelit dinner, and we have great Italian food, a couple bottles of red wine we split together, and this lady comes over, and she was a pretty good-looking gal, and she was quizzing us up and asking what we're here for, and and uh, I'm starting to get the vibe that she's like, she's assuming that we're together together, right? Because we just oh. <laughs> split, a, split a nice meal and drinking, splitting a nice bottle of wine, you know? Candlelit. Oh. <laughs> I was I was kind of catching on to it. I was like, oh yeah, and I, you know, I didn't really fucking think much of it. Zayner then clicks in on. He's like, hey, hey, just so you know, like we're not we're not together together here. Like, come on. <laughs> I had to set the record straight. <laughs> oh uh, man, good good times over the years, Zayner. That's for sure. It's fun to reminisce again and get back uh, get back to her. But um, looking back on on your career there's been so many of them and i know probably haven't had time to to sit and think about it but is there one is there one ride that sticks out for you as your favorite ride or your best ride of your whole career i know that's super hard to pinpoint but i know bulls maybe a favorite bull whiskey jack you rode him a bunch of times stuff like that but is there something that clicks in your mind is this a highlight ride or a highlight time or highlight bull all the above uh there's there's a few highlights definitely uh hard to pinpoint like you say the one that stands out obviously you say those names and already that fires me up in a memory that you know like yeah that was that was probably one good one and this and that i uh whiskey jack i think the second time when i wrote him in the summer in at the big rodeo underneath the lights was pretty special um watching the video back it was one of my better rides uh the medicine and, hat outside yeah medicine yeah. hat outside yeah, yeah. And, um, that was a pretty cool moment uh to be able to snap him he had a good day he didn't feel like it because i knocked him out like i rode him really good um i've had bulls that i obviously felt ranker that you know but when you look back at that bull's trip he had a pretty good day 
um, just wrote them really good. Um, I think it was 92 on a bull called already platinum at one in one year. We were, we were pretty rank, rank short round. Yeah. Like Aaron Roy was 90, I think on, on a bull. Um, I think Tyler Thompson wrote boogeyman. He was 88. Scott Schiffner wrote Rockstar. He was 91 and a half. And then I was like, well, fuck, there's no way I'm going <laughs> to fuck. And I remember this bull jumping out and he turned back and was standing on his nose. And all I was trying to do was survive. Um, I, he, I was trying to stay off his head and he was trying, he was backing up enough that I was just, I was right up underneath his horns and he kept hitting me with his horns. And, and then after blowing up a couple times like that, me just trying to stay off his head, he'd evened out and I ended up riding him perfect. And I was 92 won the event but how many times did you win the plowing match up there in Wanham? three four four, four times yeah wow now, i remember that championship round that was i was some rank you know what some of the best bull rides i've watched were in Wanham and the brad phipps memorial last yeah. i don't know why but wow them championship rounds and i got burnt in the calcutta at both events that year i had aaron bought in the calcutta and they spent money up there up north they're big. They're twenty-five, thirty thousand dollars. And Aaron's ninety, right off the hop. And I'm like, yeah, I'm counting my dough. And then you, who who was in the middle? Who's ninety-one? Uh, Scott Schiffner was ninety-one. I'm like, oh, okay, second place. That still won't be bad. I was. I think Aaron ended up third or fourth, maybe. Third. Yeah. Third. And then Tyler was. Yeah, there was an eighty-nine and a half. It was. Yeah, yeah it was rank. Yeah. Rank. Two, he might have been 87 or something on Jackson James. Yeah. I think it was five rides. But yeah, already platinum, that was a peacock bull, wasn't it? Yeah. 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 And then he got hurt. That bull got hurt, I believe. He right after that. Yeah. yeah. He went to Vegas to like uh, one of them maturity deals and he hurt his back and he never was he never was good after that. Is Jackson James, is that your kryptonite? Is that the one that that Got you all the time. Was that him? That yeah. brought that up? <laughs> I didn't even warm him up. And I think <laughs> I think I gave him a bull of the year one year. I think I got on him six times in one year and I didn't get by like three seconds on him. And they were giving him like freaking like, like really good bull scores. <laughs> and so he was getting like 43s, 43 and a half. And he was like one jumping me. And so <laughs> I definitely gave him a, a one bull of the year that year. <laughs> Uh, that's badass but you talk about like that bull that, that got you but me and uh, prescott were talking about it the other day too as well but like all the bull of canada's all the top bulls that you can think of with like mclovin uh true blood all the all the top bulls that, that came out you you rode them all right they might have bucked you off here and there but then you ended up getting them back whiskey jack all those bulls um do you think it was like just your style and just learning how to, how to get on those bulls or similar to like a JB Mooney, like you figured out a way to ride the ones that other guys didn't ride, or maybe it was just the mindset. What was the, what was the trick or what was it to you that, that you always got those bad ones conquered at some point? I, I think, yeah, just that, that it just, my mindset was always, uh, you know, you always, you don't get discouraged when they do buck you off and the good ones are going to buck you off. But if you can get one, like you just ride them once, that's, you know, that's the goal. You just try to ride them and you're not going to, especially on the good bulls, you're never going to ride them 80% of the time. Like 
the good bulls, you know, it only erode like 5% of the time or 10% of the time, you know, so to look at that would just be defeating and silly. So I think just by the way you go at it and think at it and, and work at it, and then you get drawn and for the fourth time, you get a little angry, then you get to figure it out. So I think it must be mental and, uh, you know, mindset and, and, you know, also just correcting from your move before, obviously that will, did something that bucked me off like big valley black he'd always run me out the back yeah. and so that was really hard because i try to loosen up on him all the time and when that happened he'd just shoot me out the back further so the time i did ride him i just fucking locked down honkered down and made sure i didn't open up at all and didn't even give him one inch of uh of, of you know of sitting up i just stayed yeah. forward the whole time didn't give him anything and i finally got road but <laughs> did he hook you just figuring it out no it was like the first time he didn't <laughs> scott were you there for that one i don't know where was that at uh the first time i rode him was lethbridge oh yeah where did yeah. he almost end your life scott big valley black for those that don't know we'll post a picture of this big huge black mexican fucking thing high uh, fucking thing. probably when i got on him <laughs> no no tyler thompson was on him at um oh just west of red deer my favorite Rocky Mountain House. Rocky Mountain House, yeah. Metropolis, beauty. Jen Vold was there. She said those shoots moved about a foot and a half. She thought I was dead. She didn't want to look. I I thought I was dead too, but he was an intimidating, mean son of a bitch. That thing, holy. Yeah. He puckered Uh, your ass. I got him on my fireplace, hey? Do you? Yeah, I'll show you. I'll walk up there and show you. It's nice. You got it all painted up? No, I just did a European mount. Did them all white. Just shined up their horns. Like oh, yeah. That's sweet. So, um, Zayner, you talk about how that you weren't allowed to go to the U.S. And, and then you went. That's why you were going to Australia the whole time. And in reality, of it, that probably did cost you a lot of, of world finals and being able to to go down there. Is that something that you can touch on? And then when you got to go down there, was it everything that you that you expected it to be and all that sort of stuff? Um, yeah, it was, it was quite the way, the way that all crumbled, the way it all went down. Um, I was in high school, I was 18 years old and they gave me a paraphernalia charge for a roach in my ashtray. And I didn't know it was there. They said, don't worry, you'll get that thrown out. It's a misdemeanor. They called them down there. Mm -hmm. And so that means it's not federal. It's just a provincial charge. And so that was fine. I just paid it and went across again. And they said, no, you can't cross. You have this charge. And they said, no, it's a misdemeanor and it's already dealt with. And, and the border at Homeland Security had said, no, because we have it on our records, we'll always have it on our records. So I had to get a lawyer and just figure that out. And even to this day, I got to get a waiver to cross the line. And it's it's not that I have an American charge or a Canadian charge. It's just that they have a write-up at the border. There's I don't how have many calls. Zane, how wow. many calls do you think you and I had over the years, over the over this yeah (laughs) (laughs) every year where i'm going down and then sometimes in between (laughs) i'm like come on you gotta get this fixed man yeah it was so discouraging too at this time because that was you know i'd gotten trouble for that and then 9-11 happened within the next year or two of that happening and they locked down all the borders and what they told me originally was that, you know, after three or four years of you being on probation, you would be allowed back in the States because it's just a misdemeanor and it won't show up. 
but then when all that happened, it seemed like nothing went away and they just kept the records. And then what they told me at first wasn't the case later on. And, and so that was kind of why I didn't jump on getting my paperwork right away is because they were all telling me to wait. And that was my best option was just mm-hmm. to let it go away rather than stirring the pot and putting more paperwork behind it. So that's why I kind of held off for a little bit of time. And then once I realized it wasn't going to happen, I needed to do something. Or it's going away. I was already 25. 25 years old. Yeah. So how old were you when you did get to go down? Because the first 25. time you went down, you met us down there. Yeah, 25. 25? Yeah. yeah. And then we did have a time. Yeah. <laughs> well, I was going down there for like the high school rodeo finals and stuff before 18. And then that happened right when I was like, 18 and six months like it happened you and Vinny were doing the badlands bull riding circuit weren't you back then shane gunnerson uh had a series that badlands bull ridings they were awesome deals uh for me in manitoba a lot of these bull ridings would be three four hours away where in manitoba or in alberta that was 12 14 hours away for me so it made way more sense to me just to go across to minot north dakota all these little bull ridings right down there that were a cash money and when he brought it across it doubled it, they were awesome and they do them in the winter time. So I would be, it would be when I was in the CRA's list. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, no, they were, they were really cool. And I got to travel with Vince Northrop and Brennan Fisk and, uh, and, and then they were really good characters uh, that helped create my bull riding skills down the road as well. Zaynert. The um, after the year of like the 2014 and, um, you know, you took all those years to go down there. You did what you wanted to do uh, when you when you decided after like 2015 that you were just going to stay in Canada. What was the what was the decisioning? Is that a word decisioning? What was the what was the reasoning, fucking reasoning that uh, that you wanted to do that? And looking back now, are you happy, you know, that you, you stayed up here with your, your family and you kind of grew everything? You got this place of your own and all this different stuff now. Uh, kind of the Dakota Butter thing, right? You went and did it. You're, you you felt good with what you did. And then you came home and, and kept your career going and, and still made a living doing it. But um, but was that something that you wanted to do, that you that you were you're happy with that decision and staying up in Canada and, and then making a living and, and riding out the, the last part of your career? Yeah, for me, like my goal at the end of the day, I think when I wrote it down too, like I wanted to be a professional bull rider. That was that was the number one thing. I didn't didn't even write down I want to be a world champion. I don't know why, because it probably would have went further. But it was, but it was just I wanted to be make a living riding bulls, and so I think I did that. And and then at, at the end of the day, I always said I wanted to have a place to raise my family. And so I think my mindset from that went from being the professional. Uh, bull rider to starting to set up my you know what my retirement would look like and and that was having kids uh you know that was right when we had Everett I decided to stay home pay bills you know focus on my wife a little bit I felt I think I was gone on the road so much that you know that was it was kind of like you know I wouldn't see her for two days of the week I would see you guys down, down south more than I'd see her and so it was kind of like, what do you want to do? Do you want to move down to the States and do this all the time for the next four years? Or do you want to, you know, be in Canada, start paying off a mortgage, start, you know, creating a life for yourself that you can sustain after bull riding. And so that's what I did. And 
the goal was to, you know, be able to buy a place that I could raise a family. And we did that two years ago. And so, like I said, it's kind of been coming that I've been setting this up and my mindset was to, um, yeah, make sure that, you know, I was set up after bull riding that, you know, I could have a nine to five job and pay my bills and raise my family without, you know, kind of set myself up. And I, I really think I did that. And that, that I think I'm most proud of. of a whole career. Fucking hey. And so you should be. I mean, there is lots of guys that walk out of the arena for the last time and don't have a clue. And I'm not just talking bull riders, a lot of athletes all around the whole spectrum. But to do that, like you've done, you know, you should be proud because there is life after and and you've set yourself up well for it. And a lot of guys don't, unfortunately. And you got to like choose it too, right? It's not like you were forced out due to injury, which you could have yeah. all those years. We can go back yeah. to Stavely that year when fucking you were life lighted and all that sort of stuff, right? Like the injuries that you had over years, not like you you went through it unscathed and those 17 years were just flew by and you didn't get hit with the injury bug. You had some of the worst of anybody out there. But to get to to do it on your own terms, to decide yourself that this was going to be the end. I know it was a tough year with the injuries that you had this year, very serious ones as well. Um, but got to come back, get on your last bulls, walk out of the arena, get that celebration. Lots of guys don't get to do that. Right. So you got to be proud that, that it went your way that way. No, very, very fortunate. It went my way that way. Cause uh, like I said, I don't think I would have been done with it. You would have seen me still riding because I wasn't at where I wanted to be. So you'd probably still see me going where, now I kind of got to the point point that yeah, everything I was accepting everything at this point. So uh I, I don't think I think if I didn't have this stuff set up as much as I did now and a life behind the scenes, then you probably would still me see me still getting on, regardless of the injuries and whatnot I'd be going through. What was the worst one? Was it was it Stavely that year? Was that your worst injury, you think, or what stands out as maybe the hardest one to come back from or the most serious one? Because you've had no, a bunch. Yeah. Definitely the most serious one. That's the first time I'd ever been knocked out and don't remember leaving the arena. And yeah. that was what, like 15 years of my career. That's the first time I ever left the arena, not knocked out, like unconscious. So that was probably the, the worst one for me at that time, for sure. Um, the, just the, just the toll it took on my body too, um, of coming back from that, from just the conditioning of your body. I sat in the, I sat on a bed for, you know, two months didn't move. There's no muscle. What did uh, that one do? What did that one puncture shit? And what was that one? Yeah, I ended up breaking six ribs, uh, collapsing both my lungs, had two chest tubes, uh, broke my scapula and a couple of vertebrae. Yeah. Fuck. So it just went right on the middle. I mean, just popped me. Like a yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. They said that I was lucky to survive that one. So that was a, you know, mentally, that one's hard to when they keep telling you that over in your head. You're like, yeah, you know, yeah, okay, that one was pretty that's, bad. That's a good point because it's not only physically you being the the professional that you were, but let's admit it, it's physically hard to get back into bull riding shape and and be at the top of your game. But I don't care who you are mentally to to tie your hand onto that first one back. It's hard. It's hard. Yep. It was the same in the bullfight when you got wrecked out. It was hard that first bull to stand in front of and force yourself to, you know, do that again. So I didn't let myself think about it or wait. I think I got on my first bull nine weeks after that wreck. Um, 
and that was it. I wrote it down on my hospital bed. I said, I need to be back for Calgary Stampede. I'm going to win it this year. And, you know, I didn't win it, but, but just kind of getting back and getting back in the saddle as fast as I could was the best thing for me that year. Yeah. was. This one in fucking Grand Prairie was pretty good too. That one was, that one scared me. That was a good internal one again too. Kidney, right? What was that one? Yeah. Yeah, that one was a little weird, like, because, you know, I was able, I, I felt the impact, and yeah, ouch hurt, but I was able to walk out and fine and, you know, grab my hat and grab a bottle of water and get back behind the chutes before everything started failing again, and the adrenaline starts coming off, and I'm starting to go down, and not really knowing what was going on was a little bit scary at that point, but um, that one didn't really bother me too much, uh, that one, you know, kind of. It just pissed you off more than anything that you knew you weren't going to be able to compete for. Yeah, because it wasn't hurt. I was sitting there. Yeah, yeah. We were all just having a chin wag at the hospital for a few hours the next day, waiting for you to get out. Yeah, and then they said, oh, you can't get on for another six weeks. More waiting. (laughs) And it felt fine. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that one was rough, though. Good old gut stomping. Yeah. Um, so Zayner, uh, as we kind of get to wrapping up here, there's fuck, I got tons more stuff to talk to you about, but we don't want to keep you all day. We'll have to get you back on here. But, um, the, uh, career that you had, everything that's been going on, has there been time to look at that next step or is it right now just in the chill stage where you're just trying to hang with your kids and, and take it in that you don't have a bunch of stuff to do in that retirement wise, or are you trying to figure out what's going on next or what kind of stage are you at with this retirement and what's, what is, do you think uh, the next kind of step for you? Is it in the sport away from the sport? What's kind of going on in your world? Um, I've got a couple of projects on the go right now that I got to finish and some, some projects that are interesting that are starting up for me that, uh, it, sure. it, sure. them, it could be pretty interesting um actually today and i don't want to say anything or jinx anything but i went and looked at a sawmill today and and milling some wood um out of my backyard so i can be at home with the boys and uh um guys are making pretty good money off that right now and i need lumber around here to build some stuff that i want to build so um yeah i just actually went and looked at this saw today to see if it makes works for me and uh, I think there's a kid that wants to kind of work with me and get work coming my way and maybe work off of a website to start with, but you know, stuff like that, that I can be around home for sure, but they'll be definitely looking for other avenues and different ventures for sure. But this is something I can do on the side to make cash here and there and be around the family more. So, um, yeah, looking for work around Pinoca and into woodworking and milling stuff and, and, uh, who knows? We'll see. We'll see what else comes my way. What? Uh, I, this is kind of a question, obviously, that I, that I want to ask because I think there's a lot of people that would ask it. What would Zane Lambert tell a ten-year-old kid that's about to start bull riding or, or steer riding, and then going and focusing on going further into the bull riding? What would you tell that kid right now if he asked you that question? Set your goals and be patient. Don't rush it and have fun. Enjoy it. That's what I always get from you, right? It was like you, you, you found the good in all situations you enjoyed, no matter what the hell it was. And you might be pissed off about something for a little bit, but then you'd click out of it and fucking, all right, we're here. We're living the life that we want to live. We're 
bull riders and we get to do cool shit every fucking day right you don't have to go to a nine-to-five job and we had fun right doing it that was what i always got from you was the mindset right yeah yeah you gotta have purpose and you gotta have that you know something that you are who you are and and own it and uh and so like you said make up your mind what you want to do and and go after it and have fun doing it if you don't have it's not not worth doing (laughs) Will we will we see a Zane Lambert bull riding school in 2023? Yes, you'll see uh, you'll see a bull riding school um, in Sixtica. I haven't pinned anything down. We've been doing it for a couple of years. Uh, that one's probably going to go for sure. Um, also, Tracy Denbrock had phoned me. She wanted me to kind of come back help out with things at their school with Aaron. Um, but my my passion is in my school at Sixtica um and that'll be in the spring uh coming up we'll we'll get something on paper here uh just pick the dates and, and get something on board or get something going and that's i've i've uh, hung out with you at that school for a couple of years and for anybody that's entertaining the idea you're such a good teacher just the way you get across to you, you have a way of making kids figure it out quicker and and that's a real talent you know they you can see the passion in their eyes on the second day that they want to do this and do it right and i commend you on that because not everybody can teach what they've done their whole life well thank you for that appreciate it and uh we'll just try to keep that school getting better and growing it and you know even if i'm not involved with it the people that we're bringing in to help the other kids you know it, it create better bull riders in canada on canada soil for the sport, for the better of the good of our, our country. Um, it's, yeah, that's the goal for that school. And who knows, I might step back and let another instructor do it uh, when I'm not, you know, relevant. But um, for now, I think I still am. So we'll keep keep trying to grow the sport. Nice. That. 100%. It had to be cool, too. I, I talked about this in the last, last podcast, but how pumped you were when you seen the Nick Tets won 100000 and that's, throughout the year and that was always a goal for you and you've always been an advocate to try to bring more money and build the sport you talk about in this podcast people will understand that now after you've done all this talking but growing it within canada and for these guys to be able to make a living within canada these young guys that was 100 i think the goal when we signed on i think everybody 17 years ago the people that were involved with the sport wanted to get money better in canada um they wanted to see it grow see it get that big so when my goal was at you know those years that we promote this and grow this association big enough so that a Canadian kid can make a living in Canada off Canadian dollars and not have to go to the states and get beat up and and, and compete in front of fans that aren't your fans. They're you know they're, the Canadian fans want to see Canadian guys. The American guys didn't seem like they really wanted to see Canadian guys down there. They weren't backing yet. We want to see Canadian guys with Canadian backing, strong, best in the world. We got to create a world champion up here, and we will. Fucking eight. That's good. That's good. Okay. Um, I asked your buddy Barney Creech for some good stories. The doc, <laughs> the doc, our doctor. That's our team, Canada doc. The people alone. Anyway, though, and uh, he took a lot of days, and then he finally got back to me, and he told me that. He's aside from a stories that can't be told on air. He's got nothing. He said, and this is when you go back to your wood, when you go back to your woodwork, you did all your stuff. That's what it reminded me of what Barney texted me because he said, Zane is just good at everything. If something 
looks like it's going south. He just does what he does, and it all works out. Great bow rider, carpenter, golfer, hunter, butcher, and a top-notch friend. He could do anything he puts his mind to. I was like, dang, that pretty much sums it up right there. Eh? And that's what you talk about your sawmill, your different stuff. That's why I know that there'll be something oh, oh, yeah. as we go. Mm-hmm. There'll be something going on the way. And I don't think we're done with you in the bull riding world. That's for sure. Yeah. Tell, us, tell us about the PBR future for Zane Lambert. I know we have to have a chat one of these days, but what are you thinking? Uh, you know, it's, it's, it's tough to pinpoint exactly what I want to do. I think uh, the wife has always said, you know, the amount of grief that you give the judges, you'd have to judge at least a couple of years in the PBR. <laughs> Just <laughs> to feel that. Like Is that feel. legit? That's a hateful fucking job, bro. <laughs> yeah. uh, for me, I, I, I like being behind the scenes and um, I don't know. I kind of, I really I like organizing my own event and kind of knowing how things are rolling and, and just kind of being behind the scenes, setting it up. And, and uh, I don't know, I, I don't know where I'll be most beneficial for the association or what it is, but uh, I, you know, promote my own event, going out and get my own promotions and stuff might be something I would like to do. Um, it might be something that I want to do with the school too. It's kind of combine something together um, and, and just kind of go at it that way. But yeah, and then with this award, this Lifetime Achievement Award, and and just trying to, you know, pick the right candidate that's also going to be good for the sport, you know, this next year as well. And uh, so, yeah, you'll see me around. Yeah, yeah, that's good. I've I've always liked, I've always liked that concept of a school with a bull riding because, you know, you, you started out the first day and then those kids can actually watch you professionals ride it's it kind of one goes with the other and it's always worked good when i've seen it done yeah i did a johansson brothers school like that one time up in vermilion yeah where three three days of school and then it would go to the it would go to the bull ride on uh, valentine's day they usually had it i do believe yeah that's right it was was good we we tried to do that in lethbridge the problem um is staffing the building like you still Mm -hmm. have to have people there yeah Um, and then the ambulance was another it was more expensive probably than it would be in a rural community or maybe i don't know and insurance that was yeah. the other thing. the building didn't want anything because it doesn't fall under the pbr umbrella. because you know we're at lethbridge or grand prairie for two days you know it would be great we have to we have to have these young guys around guys like zinc there's no question and then to be able to watch it on. That's why I, I'm not against junior bull riding all the time. I love having the right, like we did in Grand Prairie there on night one. The junior bull mm-hmm. riding told it for us. And let those kids have a taste of what it's, you know, where they could be in three, four, five years, right? Yeah. Um, so I do like the idea of that. Um, we need to revisit that, Zayner. Mm-hmm. If there's some of these. And some of your some of those events we were talking about before too could fall into that like that junior series we wanted to do with creating a bull rider before they're ready to go on tour, mm-hmm. you know maybe maybe a guy does kind of a series school thing too you know like yeah. I don't know if there's something we could do there where it's kind of like a you know three events we'll go to but there's money added but they also come early and you know we train you and get you ready for the event and I don't know something something along those lines that you could get sponsorships for that, that is that people still want to come watch. Got a couple ideas for around Edmonton, actually. Um, 
we're possibly going to do some more work with uh, farm trip. So we could have a whole junior event over there leading up to the finals because farm fairs during the week. Right? So, yeah. And, and I think um, like mini bulls at the world finals, like you could yeah. have that yeah. fan, been outside. That whole fan club that's in the States too. Like, I don't understand why we can't do something like that at Pinocchio Stampede if we're going to have that Saturday night, but we can have some of our stuff there, like the PBR stuff too, like the mini bull ride and like bring Crooked Horn in for a little pen and promote it PBR though with PBR name on it. And you know, you have that during the day, but over in one of the, that little pen behind the Kelnash. And well, it sounds like you've carving out your role here, Zaner, get putting it on paper for the, for the I boss can't. daddy. It's boss daddy. You just need to name yourself boss daddy. I, think I just did that. That was brand new. <laughs> I'm, I'm boss papa to, to my granddaughter. So now I'm boss daddy here. To <laughs> I don't know where that came from. I'm sure now that it's on here, it's gonna frick, and I'm gonna hear about it. <laughs> yeah, maybe uh, maybe edit that. Don't, don't let Chad Bestbug hear this. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Scott, you better hit him with our infamous one here before we wrap things up. Zane, so proud of you. I'm so proud of your career. I'm so proud of the man you are, the dad you are, um, the way you think, the way you set goals and you achieve them one by one, little by little, but you, you achieved them. Um, this is the NFP podcast and obviously we have our take on it and you know what that is, but we want to know what your take is. The NFP it, to me stands for, you know, uh, standing your ground, uh, standing up for what you believe in, um, setting goals going after and don't let anybody get in your way. Right. Zayner, I like it. I like your take on NFP and it fits you very well. All those years, like we talked of and uh, getting to do everything that you got to do and, and realizing all your goals, becoming the Canadian champion and then having your kids and, and doing all the other stuff on top of it. Um, all the good times that we got to have, you know, travel in the States all together and then in Canada. And, um, you know, we've had lots of talks about life after bull riding, all this different stuff. So it's fun that the friendship that we gained through bull riding and, and what it's going to continue to be, um, some of the stories that we can't obviously tell on, on here, uh, that we get to chat about every now and again. Um, you know, but one that does stand out to me was our, our family trip to the Napa Valley when we get, you know, we got to do the wine testing with the girls and, and, yeah. um, you know, just shit like that. Right. That, that normal people lots of times don't get to do within their lives that bull riding gained us the opportunity to do. And a guy that coming from the CCA, you Vinny Northrup, Aaron Roy, all those guys that I got to watch do go to those next levels in front of me really made it clear to me that that I could do it too, just following guys like you. So without knowing it, the people that you help in your career through your schools, you got to keep doing it. You got to keep continuing to be the person that you are because it does just being you help the sport and help the guys that are coming up within it. So appreciate everything you do. I know that that um, we got lots of years of fun left and it was cool to watch your whole career, get to be a part of it, get to see that whole ordeal in Edmonton and then now get to see where we can kind of keep going with it. So just my little two cents to you and and proud of you, proud of your family, everything that you've, uh, that you've become and look forward to the future on top of it. And I know Jason, Scott, you guys probably have some good stuff to say, but that's just from me. Zane appreciates you. And, you know, I love you and I can't wait to, to see the next step. Looking forward to it. The next chapter. Uh, yeah. I guess I, 
didn't say it at the banquet because I was sobbing like a school kid. Um, but you know what? 3D brand, Zane, I don't even know how long it's been you you wearing that for us. Like you're uh, you're part of the fabric with 3D boring. Um, I, I owe a lot. The brand owes a lot to you. The PBR a lot for what you've done. We, we always count on your name on an entry list. You know, and you can't say that about bull riders today. I don't know if there's somebody out there right now that deserves to even follow in those footsteps. Well, I shouldn't say that. That'd be harsh on a call. You're a different breed of bull rider, and that's what I'm trying to, or three, the 3D team is trying to bring back that mentality of what you, know, what you woke up and what you drove down the road for week and week out. Don't see that anymore. That's I think that's probably the hardest part for me losing a guy like you is there isn't many like you anymore. Um, and that's unfortunate. Um, it really is. So I meant what I said. You're like family to us. You always have been. Um, but I'm not gonna let you get too far away. Old boss daddy here. I'll make sure, <laughs> make sure we got something. <laughs> for you but uh, appreciate <laughs> appreciate everything you did for for the brand you really you were a great ambassador zane couldn't have, you know and we, we knew we were taking a chance twyla and i years ago when we when we put our stuff on you we, and we honestly we we grew together that's probably the best part well, yeah. from the wanums um to rogers place you know, like we, we have the biggest stage and we're going to, you know, we talked about earlier on this pot, it's about getting more money. That's what our goal was 17 years ago. And right. unfortunately yeah. you're at the end of it now and it's, it's coming around, but you had a big part in that. And that's why I said, you'll always have a spot with us. You deserve that. And that's how we look after. That's how we look after the guys that have looked after the brand or, or been brand ambassadors for PBR and 3D, it uh, will always be something for that conversation another time. Well, and I just want to say, Jazane, uh, I've seen you step around some bulls, so maybe you could pull a Tanner Burn and crack yeah. up the spring fight bulls. <laughs> Let's go, baby. <laughs> uh, I don't know if I can or not. I'm pretty fast in a straight line. Sometimes I turn. <laughs> Oh, yeah, you're good. You're a good man. You're a good man. And Jason nailed it right there. You built the, the sport owes you a lot. And I know it's, it's big now and it's, you know, obviously going to get bigger and bigger, but uh, don't ever doubt yourself that you had a major, major part in making it better for my kids, for Tatter's kids, for, you know, every kid coming up. So be proud. And I'm, and I'm proud of you. Yeah, hundred percent, Zayner. I know that it's there was a lot of emotions and a lot of different shit that was coming at you when when you were got the microphone at those different times during Edmonton. But is there anything maybe that you want to say or people that you want to thank or anything that you want to get out there uh, to the general public uh, in the closing of your bull riding career of this chapter? Uh, I just I don't think I think the you know the rodeo cowboys themselves and and the traveling partners I've had. Um, throughout the years uh just wanted to say it's been a hell of a ride it's been a lot of fun 
thank you for all the time given to me and the traveling and uh, just all the experiences. Um, you guys talk about how much the sport I've given to it, but it's given everything to me. So it only seems deserving to give it back. Um, so just, uh, yeah, thanks to the other Cowboys and keep being Cowboys. Don't let it die. Uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Keep, like keep the wild ass bull riders, wild ass bull riders. Don't try to tame them. Keep them, keep them having fun going down the road. Keep being wild ass Cowboys. Don't lose that. <laughs> that's a good way to end it on that i love it and couldn't agree more so we appreciate you we'll have you back congrats on the on the career can't wait for the next chapter and this has been our interview with james